The history of television is a history of failure. For every television series that lasted years and years, there were dozens that lasted only one season or less. But did they deserve to die? Or were they... Cancelled too soon? in Podcorpse Land, and welcome back to Scary Toba here on Cancelled Too Soon. <laughs> this is Cancelled Too Soon. <laughs> we uh, we reviewed well, TV shows that lasted one season or less. Well, well welcome back. Welcome back to uh, to Williams. Uh, th- that's supposed to be the Crypt Keeper. Theoretically, yes. I do my own version. <laughs> yeah. I do my own version. It is my audition tape hmm. for the Crypt Keeper. Just remember, his, his voice is actually, like, very raspy. I do my own version. Okay. I maintain that the Crypt Keeper is mm-hmm. not unlike someone like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Uh-huh. Someone you don't actually have to do a good impersonation to do a good impersonation. Fair. It just needs to be clear who you're doing. Yes. And then you just get away with it. I have my own riff. <laughs> I have come to accept it. I like it. It's mm-hmm. kind of a cross between the Crypt Keeper and Mark Hamill's Joker. Anyway, this is Cancelled Too Soon. We review TV shows that lasted only one season or less. And in October, we like to focus on horror shows. My name is William DeBiani. I am a critic for The Rap and Consequence. Everybody calls me Bibbs. Uh, my name is Whitney Seibold. I write for Slash Film. Uh, you don't have to give me a nickname. I don't need one. Nah, yeah, I'm, I'm too cool for a nickname. You're too hip. Oh, you will call you the... <laughs> The, the master of lockpicking. Sure. I'm the master of lockpicking. Sure. Uh, this is sort of a, a, a little bit of an overlap episode, because throughout the month of September, we like to uh, cover shows that were just canceled the previous season. Brand yeah. new shows. We call it Suddenly Last mm. Season. And usually it takes up the whole month of September. But this year, there are actually quite a few horror shows that got canceled after one season, and we thought, screw it, let's just carry most of them over. And so, yeah, we're talking about a show that was very recently canceled. Uh-huh. Just canceled in 2022. Uh, it would be, I think the cancellation announcement happened during suddenly last season. Like, and, in September, I think, is when it was officially announced. Uh, and this was, uh, this was released on a streaming service, and they released all the episodes at once. So... It's essentially playing for one day, yeah, and then it's and, gone. And then it's gone. <laughs> that used to be a joke, like, oh, it's a movie was so bad it left theaters in a day. Mm. Now whole TV shows do that, like and in real life. Eight hours of extremely expensive television produced as part of a massive multimedia franchise that makes oh, hundreds golly. of millions of dollars all the time. Legions of fans, and then bloop, gone. Weird. Uh, uh, and I have a theory about that. Mm. Um, and my theory is, it's idiocy. Uh, <laughs> but we'll get to that in a second. Yeah. We're talking about here on Scary Tober and Suddenly Last Season and Cancel Too Soon, mm. the Netflix version of Resident Evil. They said the world would end in 2036. But they were wrong. The world ended a long time ago. Umbrella, a company besieged by scandal, is now trying to reinvent itself. 
The old umbrella made mistakes. The things we're working on today, they're gonna change the world. Where is We have a problem. The drug contains the T-virus. The T-virus can make monsters. Billions will die. Now, I, I don't know a lot about the Resident Evil video games. I've never played them. I know there's, like, at least 50 of them. There's like, a, there's ton a of lot, and, and that's there's not the, exaggeration. No, no, there's, there's the main games. There's, yeah. like, there's like uh, uh, offshoot games. There's handheld They've games. They've made some games. There's rail yeah, yeah. shooters. There's, there's, there is the main franchise, mm. and of those, that I think it's still officially in single digits, but then some of them have been re-released and remastered. Yeah, yeah. But the Resident Evil games are a series of horror-themed games uh, that have been kicking around ever since uh, the 32-bit console generation, the PlayStation era. Uh, and um, the original Resident Evil was a huge smash hit. It managed to combine sort of the, the, the creepy uh, theatrics of a lot of, you know, Sort of wandering around a haunted house horror video games, your seventh mm-hmm. guests, your phantasmagorias, with zombie shooting giant spider action. Yeah, um, there's there's zombies and there's monsters and you shoot them and that's that's the game. And ever since the original Resident Evil, and I played the original Resident Evil, I played Resident Evil 2, I played Resident Evil 4... And I haven't really played the rest. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert. Have, uh, do you have something against Resident Evil 3 that you didn't play No, I, just didn't, I didn't have the console around that time. Oh, I okay. And then Resident Evil 4 was so popular, everyone told me I had to play it, so I did. It was really uh, good. I like Resident Evil 4 a lot. Uh, but yeah, um, when, when they finally adapted those to movies, yeah. I've seen all of the movies. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and they... Uh, I think there's like eight, seven or eight of them, and there's um, I think six. There, well, okay, there's six in the uh, Paul W S Anderson series, uh, and then, then there's, there's one, reboots, yeah, and, there's, and then, then there's a couple movie. of animated movies. Oh, I haven't as well. seen any of the animated yeah, yeah. movies, but I've seen all the live action films, and um, they average out to like at best like a four point five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Like th- these are complete nonsense these movies and, and even and, the more when that first one came out in like yeah. two thousand one two thousand two uh yeah around there. Uh, that that was at the time considered one of the better uh, feature films to have been adapted from a video game. Sadly, it still is. <laughs> there've been there've been better ones yeah. since, thank God. But like there, there've there been was, some that are like actually like average for, or above average for, which for are over two good. decades. Movies that were explicitly based on one video game, not like movies based on the concept of video games, of which we've always had good ones, mm-hmm. like the, the last Starfighter Star or um um uh, not Flight of the Navigator. Um, what was the one with Dabney Coleman? Cloak and Dagger. Oh, was that a video game? Kind yeah. of, yeah. Oh. That's a good movie, actually. I like that movie. Yeah. So War That's, Games is a great War, movie. War Games, I was going to say. So like, there, there have been great movies based on the idea of video games, but based on a specific video game, the bar was real low yeah. for decades. And, and it's still not super high, but we have had better versions since. But the weird thing we're, was... Werewolves Within is a legit good movie. That's a legitimately um, good movie. I agree. Uh, Rampage is a legit distracting movie. Like, it's, 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 it's genuinely good, fun. Yeah. I had a lot of fun with it. There have been good ones. Yeah. My point is this, my point is this, uh, Resident Evil, the games, which again, emerged from the PlayStation era when we started having uh, lots of, uh, we'd had it earlier, but voice acting and more uh, cinematic storytelling was starting Mm. to become more commonplace in video games. However, the Resident Evil franchise, with its incredibly absurd plots, and its absolutely nonsensical dialogue half the time... (laughs) uh, their tone was always very arch and bizarre. 
So when Paul W.S. Anderson made arch and bizarre Resident Evil movies, that in and of itself was not the problem. But what a lot of people didn't like about them was he adapted almost nothing of the games. He oh, took he a couple of his own thing. It, the main character Emilia Jovovich plays uh, Alice, not in the games. Oh no, kidding! She's the protagonist of six movies. And Not there, in the game. There's even a, a plot in one of them where they find like thousands of Alice clones yep. at the end of one movie, That's and they're not all a killed thing. at the, the beginning of the next. That is not a thing. I, they might have added her to one later as a, because she was so popular. Yeah. I'm not sure, but initially that she was totally new. There, there's there was a conceit at the end of one of the movies where they introduced a character, mm-hmm. and she was like this tall blonde military badass character, mm. and she had a big um, like scarab. Yeah, like this big like, glowing gem embedded in her chest mm-hmm. and like and uh was, was that played by was it sienna miller or sienna guillory who played, who played sienna guillory yeah um, yeah yeah and uh i from what i understand that character didn't end like it was this big mm. tease and she's gonna be like the villain in the next one and <sighs> she didn't really play that big a role in the next one no. so and then and then what the, they uh, did with her was totally different from what they did in the games and the, just, just very very briefly yeah the movies are uh and the Tell me when this starts to stray from the games. Okay. It's about an evil corporation called the Umbrella Corporation. So far, so and good. And they're, um, they produce everything. They do textiles, they do plastics, they do home goods, but mostly they're uh, a biochemical uh, company. Everything but they're shoes. Like, yeah, pretty much. They're, they're the EES Corporation. <laughs> yeah. William Sattler should have been in the movies. And, uh, and they have developed something called the T-Virus. Yes. And... Over the course of the movies, they start to kind of change their motivation for making the T-Virus. Mm-hmm. But the T-Virus uh, does various things. <laughs> yeah. Uh, over it the turns humans into it zombies turns, and it turns animals into monsters, basically. Yeah, monsters. Well, they turn into, like, monster animals. Uh, and then after a while, it also turns people into monsters. Yeah. Not just zombies, but, like... Sometimes also like, monsters. Like, sometimes. claws and, like, one of them has, like, a big rope-like tongue. Yeah. And, uh, sometimes they're in, monsters. In the second movie, there's, like, this gigantic bazooka mutants that somehow the, the T-Virus yeah, yeah. made. Oh, what the hell is that guy? The guy's got uh, a name. Nemesis, I think. Maybe it was Nemesis. Yeah. I, I just like giant bazooka mutant. That, it, that that's about just, right. Yeah, you know, that should have been the title of the movie. Uh, <laughs> and over the course of the movies, the virus uh, starts in a little town called Raccoon City. Because yeah. uh, the... Uh, Umbrella Corporation is located in this vast labyrinth underground, underneath this city. Well, one of their labs was, not oh, the whole corporation. Oh, okay. Like, well, it was like their secret lab is located okay. there, yeah. And uh, yeah, uh, the, in that second movie, it got out into the town, and the whole town had to be walled off. And then, mm. uh, by, in all of the sequels, it spreads out into the world and just wipes out the human population. That's not like There's, the game. That's not like the game. Okay, no, the so games, it's not the a, games, they're, the games, they're generally more, like, contained... However, Resident Evil, it's I, nearby, right? Well, I, I freely admit that I'm not an expert in all the games, so if I'm wrong about that, right. I apologize. Uh, by the way, the name Resident Evil in uh, Japan, the name is actually Biohazard, which makes mm. a lot of sense because it's about a biohazard. Mm. When it came to America, the marketing department said, hey, it's a bunch of evil stuff that's happening in a residence, let's go with Resident Evil. I mean, it's evocative, Resident Evil. I, I kind of like yeah. it. It kind, it kind of means something. It kind of means nothing, and it's unique. You know, it's, yeah, it bio, stands out. Biohazard is a little nondescript. No, no, um, I actually, I've, I've come to dig it. But it's one of those like weird localization things that just stuck. Like, uh, you ever play? You, you played Street Fighter, right? Yes, I played okay. Street Fighter. So the main villains in the original version of Street Fighter Two. Oh, they 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 they, they messed and, it up in a weird way. Swapped so, the names. So yeah. the, the main villains are the the ones you couldn't play in the original version of Street Fighter Two. Yeah, the, the end bosses. Yeah, were uh, a boxer named Balrog, uh, a matador named Vega, uh, a, a very large martial artist named Sagat, 
and uh, a fascist dictator named M. Bison. In the original versions of it, before it came to America, uh, M. Bison was actually called Vega. Uh, The boxer was named M. Bison. Yeah, because it was a joke. It was a play on Mike Tyson. So it was Mm. like Mike Bison. And then the the the, the mentor was called Balrog. Uh, That just stuck. And now, for whatever reason, Mm. this fascist dictator, ultra supervillain, is named Mike Bison. And we just sort of don't well, talk about here, that. And, and and here's here is my thinking. I, I saw yeah. some, I I never got good at those games, but sure. I would, would watch others people play. Yeah. Uh, watch others play the game, and they would get to the M bo- end boss like, and it was M Bison. But yeah. I something in like my brain. Monsieur Bison? I, th- I thought it was Monsieur Bison. Like he was a French oh, dictator. I kind of like yeah. that. That would that would have been fine. So it's like, oh yeah, I got to Monsieur Bison's. Like and so like me and like one other friend okay, called now, Monsieur Bison for like a week. Now I want to do a Street Fighter movie or TV show and oh. cast Cyril Raffelli <laughs> as Monsieur Bison. Yeah, that'd be great. Uh, sadly, no. Um, yeah. Capcom, the the company that made Street Fighter, mm-hmm. also put out the Resident Evil movie. That's true. Uh, and and uh, the George, movies... uh, memory serves George Romero wanted to direct the first uh, Resident Evil movie. Oh no, kidding! And they were like, "No." Apparently, they said you've never directed a hit film. <laughs> Technically, yes, but that's yeah, not, no, no, that Creepshow was a hit. Oh, that's true. Creepshow was a hit. Creepshow did fine, and, how did, and the Dark Half was all right. Creepshow, they, I think the Dark yeah, Half did was fine. It's like a studio yeah. film. Yeah, um, nonsense. But speaking of nonsense, uh, those <laughs> movies, those Resident Evil movies are, are nonsense. nonsense. They, you can't follow them. No. They have completely absurd stories. Right from physics the Physics doesn't make any sense. None of them make any sense whatsoever. And initially that used to piss me off. Mm-hmm. I used, I, when I was, not just because like I was into the game. I was only casually ever into the games. I wasn't mm-hmm. super offended that they changed a lot of stuff in the games because the story in the games wasn't that great either. But what what bothered me about it was is just it was just absurdist nonsense. Yeah. What I didn't realize was that wasn't the bug that was a feature. Uh huh. Now some of them are better than others. I would argue that Apocalypse is almost unwatchably incompetent in many regards. But the broader, more ridiculous ones, uh, I I will take I will watch Resident Evil Five. Out a drop of a hat. That movie is incredibly <laughs> that's, um, nonsensical that's, and wonderful. Is, is that one Afterlife? Uh, no, Afterlife was the fourth one. I think. No, Extinction one... was the fourth one. No, the Extinction was the third one. No, Armageddon was the third one. There was no Armageddon. Not Armageddon. Uh, Apocalypse. Apo- no, was the it was, one. Nope, it was Resident Evil. Mm. Resident Evil Apocalypse. Mm. Resident Evil Extinction, Extinction. Resident Evil Afterlife. Resident. I think it was Resident Evil Resurrection, Resurrection and then Resident and Evil, Evil the Final, Final Chapter. Chapter. Yeah. yeah, which actually, to their credit, was the final chapter. Well, until, until they, they reboot it. Until they, yeah. I don't did, think reboots did, uh, Resident Evil, Welcome to Raccoon City was yeah. the, the next one. I don't think reboot should count. I think it, it is a final chapter. It, in that particular continuity, yeah, it, yes. They, they did conclude that shit. That's the one horror franchise I can think of that had a sequel with the word final in the title, and it actually was the final one within that continuity. Uh, well, luckily, Final Destination has that kind of baked in. Kind of, but not really, because they had <laughs> the, Final Destination. The, the fourth one was called The Final Destination, yeah. which presumably was supposed to be the final film. Yeah. But then they made Final Destination 5 after. They should have called Final Destination 4, Final Destination 4, and called The Final Destination the last one, mm-hmm. because it actually does kind of wrap that series up in a I nice kind of, yeah, well. kind of But yeah, we've had again. two Jason Voorhees movies that were called The Final. And, Friday neither, 13th, and neither was. Friday the 13th, part four, the final chapter, and Jason goes to hell the final Friday. Sequels after both of those, obviously. We had Freddy's Dead, the final nightmare. We've had two Freddy movies after that within that continuity. Uh, and uh, and the, the list goes on. But uh, yeah, kudos to Resident Evil. You stuck to your guns. Appreciate it. Um, <laughs> so, uh, 
So we had, but then we yeah. had a reboot a year ago. Yeah, called, uh, that was Welcome to Raccoon City, which was trying to be more faithful to the games, and in many respects was. Yeah, the uh, the the that movie, Welcome to Raccoon City, uh, tried to do something that the series does pretty well, and that is sort of point out that Raccoon City, or at least the the city uh, next to the Umbrella Corporation, mm-hmm. is a company town. Yeah. And the idea that Raccoon, Raccoon City was so uh, a vital part of this Umbrella Corporation that when zombies were sort of like let out into the, the town, uh, the the company had already taken all the money out of the town and people were really destitute. Mm-hmm. And so it wasn't just about how the company was doing evil genetic experiments. Mm-hmm. It's about how they were exploiting American workers. It's about how they were an evil company so there even was, before the zombies. There was shit, at yeah. least like an idea in there. I wish they kind of followed through with it. It's yeah. murky. It's not very scary. It's not fun to yeah, watch it. And it and then that illogic starts to leak in after yeah. a while. There's I would argue a, that it's a scene also, where a helicopter crashes into a mansion oh and doesn't burn anything. It's oh yeah, well the, that, uh, that 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 one's really frustrating because they basically say the events of Resident Evil One and Resident Evil Two take place at about the same time. On paper, that doesn't sound like the worst idea ever, but you still have all those scenes in that haunted mansion where, like, oh, are there zombies? Yes! They've been fighting them elsewhere for half the movie! Why are you trying to subtly build tension? You've ruined that! It doesn't work! And, uh, I'm not and a I fan think, of that movie. I, I think my uh, the big issue with Resident Evil, especially with this series, is no matter how much uh, they try to build up... It's like backstory and mm-hmm. characters and the real world and sort of the pain that people are going through as the world is collapsing around them. Mm-hmm. They're still married to a series that has like 30 foot caterpillars yeah. and like tongue monsters and just all of this ridiculous evil umbrella corporation garbage. Yeah. And you just, you can only take it so seriously, right? Well, that, uh, it's, yeah, it's difficult to get behind the drama when they are so strongly beholden Mm. to the idiocy. There's, there's, there's this, there's a, there's a line in this new Resident Evil series. And this Mm. new Resident Evil series, uh, premiered on Netflix. It's, uh, in July of this year. Very recently. It was developed for television by Andrew Dabb, who had previously worked on the TV series Supernatural. Uh, and, Ostensibly, and I, 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 there are people who've done extensive YouTube videos about all the the canon and the Easter eggs and what they got right and what they got wrong. I'm not going to pretend to do any of that. That's not why we're here. Um, ostensibly, this series, which takes place in the twenty, half of it takes place in the 2030s, mm. half of it takes place round right now. Yeah. However, they accept all the events of the video games as established canon. Most of them are not important because mm. we're moving on and we're telling a new story now, but they are occasionally referenced as things that actually happened within this universe. Case in point, we've got a show about uh, a father played by the great Lance Reddick. Uh, play, he, plays, he plays Albert Wesker in this version. He, play, he, has, he plays multiple roles in this version. We'll, get, we'll to get to that. that yeah. uh, he, uh, he has two daughters... And they will be central figures in the in the plot. And in the future, uh, one of them is trying to find a way to save humanity after the virus has gotten out, and zombies mm. and monsters are are amok everywhere. Um, but like all of the the 
ample amount of work, like half of every episode, is a relatively grounded, semi-present day story about two teenage girls who find out that their father is... Uh, uh, secretly working for an evil corporation with with plans to doom us all, but well, but but it's centered around their relationship. And then there's a line in like episode six or seven where someone just says he died in a volcano, and that's a thing that happened in one of the games. Okay. And you just have to sort of be like, this is also a universe where, where you want people us just to die in a volcano. You want us to care about their high school drama, but also sometimes people just die in volcanoes here. Yeah, it, it's a the, weird uh, disconnect. So all. Uh, not all of the stuff, but a lot of the uh, the drama in the 2022 time frame, yeah. where the main characters are teenagers. And uh, let me uh, call up the actresses. Oh yeah, it's uh, um, um, Ella. Uh, Tamara Smart plays the character of Jade, mm-hmm. and, 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 and in 2022, in a different actors playing them in the future. And uh, yeah, and uh, Sienna Agudong plays mm-hmm. uh, the character of Billy. Yeah, uh, her sister. Yes, and. Uh, yeah, they, they have sort of an antagonistic relationship. They uh, get on each other's nerves a lot. They're very different but, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Jade is much more uh, forceful in their personality, mm-hmm. whereas Billy is much more, you know, they're they're a vegan. They care mm-hmm. about animal rights. They're much more kind of hearted. Yeah, a little bit more sensitive yeah. a character. Yeah. And, um, but they get on each other's nerves in a believable sibling sort of way. Yeah, I actually together. liked a lot of their scenes yeah. together uh, because yeah, the chemistry like solid. like they really cared about each other, but they also just really annoyed each other and they insulted each other mm-hmm. a lot. That, that all of and, that uh, read that was good casting. And uh, the plot involves them discovering uh, sort of the secret behind. It's essentially Gleeminex from the the, the Kids is. in the Hall movie. There's yeah. this ultra powerful antidepressant that just like wipes out all negative feelings like instantly. It's called joy, jo- and they call it joy. And yeah, uh, isn't it orange like Gleeminex? Gleeminex was orange and yeah. brain candy. Yeah. yeah, so there you go. I think <laughs> someone had to know. Hmm. Some, see, that had to be a joke. Did you see the the new uh, ver- new version of the Kids in the Hall? No, I haven't seen it yet. Back. I heard it's funny. The uh, they brought it back, and the joke is they they actually like literally dig them out of their grave. Like the kids, <laughs> they're all laying in it underground. Uh, but the reason the show came back is uh, this guy at a yard sale had a VHS copy of Brain Candy, oh. and he's like, "Oh, what's that? Oh yeah, the Kids in the Hall made a movie. That was really great." Yeah, I'll sell that to you for 50 cents. And, and they panned over 50 cents, and there's this big rumbling. Brain Candy finally broke even in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> and the corporate overlord saying, oh, well, if, if it finally broke even, we can reboot the series. Okay, Unless that's funny. Is, yeah. That's pretty funny. I love it. That's, that's <laughs> kind of joke about it. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, the, this thing, Joy, however, we learn over the course of the series, yeah. has... T virus in it, like that's yeah. the way it makes it, it was, was able to work. Well, because the the T virus is a virus that changes not just your mm. your 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 physicality, your symptoms. It actually it, it mutates your DNA and it changes the way your brain functions. And they use that as like the basis. And they talk about how theoretically, if you overdosed on joy, you could turn into a zombie. But even Albert Wesker is like, you'd have to take twenty thousand pills. Yeah, <laughs> like it's not probably not going to be a thing until it's a plot point about why everyone's infected mm. later on. But um, but yeah, so that's one of the the insidious things that they're doing. Um, and uh, they and these two these two girls and their father again played by Lance Reddick. He's their uh, a version mm. of Wesker, who in the games is one of the main villains. Uh, they're moving to New Raccoon City after a mysterious disappearance of Old Raccoon City because it they got nuked. They don't, yeah, they don't talk about that in the series. I like that we don't yeah. start from scratch in this yeah. series. The, I mean, 
there's a lot of mythology to deal with. It's not that they expect us to know, but there's a mystery. And yeah. I, and, I, and if you know anything anything about Resident Evil, you know something yeah. really bad happened. So they're there. moving to this new company town, and it, it looks like a it almost looks like a joke or like some kind of 1970s sci-fi world because the it, entire town well, is completely painted white. Well, I was gonna say it looks yeah. like the like the Apple computer campus. Oh, okay. Yeah, like the the Steve Jobs campus. What am I? What am I? Uh, uh, was it? The, was it the harder they fall that Netflix Western movie? Yeah, the harder they fall. There's a great, it's a really good movie. There's a great joke in that movie where because it's oh that movie's fucking amazing, <laughs> but it's a, it's about it's a bunch Jonathan of majors and that. Yeah, it's about a bunch of uh, uh, black lawmen and black outlaws. Uh, but there's one point where they have to go to a white town and they go to the white town and the town is every building is literally painted white. Everyone's wearing white. <laughs> they know it's funny. Yeah, yeah. it's a good gag. Uh, so yeah, it's just sort of like here's how perfect and new it is, and completely untainted by anything evil. And they go to this school. There are bullies. It's awful. And then while they're visiting their dad at the Umbrella Corporation, Billy notices that they are testing on animals. And Umbrella explicitly says that they don't do that. Yeah. And Billy, who is you know again this very uh, uh, activist minded activist yeah. mind- mindset. Uh, when when Jade gets in trouble, gets Billy in trouble for exacting violent revenge on uh, one of her bullies, she says, "Here's what here's." Oh, she says, "I'll do anything to make it up to you." And Billy says, "Great, we're going to be eco terrorists tonight. We're going to let the animals free." Yeah. yeah, and Jade's just like, "I see no problem with this because yeah. I will say one thing right now, hmm. and I and I take it that we're mostly focusing on the." Because every episode is kind of half and half. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll go focusing, through kind of chronologically. We're, but, we're yeah. focusing on the 2022 uh, uh, story right now. Uh, but I will say this one thing right now that I appreciate is very, very consistent throughout this series. Uh, Jade mm. makes terrible decisions constantly. But in a, in a believable human way. No, no, no like, most, it's, mostly. There's mo- one towards mostly, the end yeah. where I was like, that's the stupidest thing you could have possibly well, in, done. In, in the 2022 line, in, in the 2038 yeah. line... Everything is dumb, but uh, yeah. we'll, we'll, again, we'll get to that. Uh, when they're sneaking in to free the animals, they find a monster dog, which is yeah. a feature of the games, and uh, they realize something even more insidious is going on here than we expected. The monster dog chases them through the building, and it bites Billy. Mm-hmm. And uh, Wesker shows up, says, go home. He covers all their tracks. He like wipes all of the security cameras and said, someone came in here and let a dog loose. We'll, we'll have to figure out who that is. Mm-hmm. While doing the thing that everyone in a zombie movie does when someone gets bitten, Hiding it. Yeah. I understand there's, there, there's, I understand you know, the, 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 the the inclination. To hide to, it from yeah. Well, I understand the inclination to deny reality. Mm. When something really bad is happening, there's a temptation to just go, everything's fine. Yeah, just, ah. to, just ignore it and it'll yeah, go away. Like, yeah. I, I get it. Maybe I'll be the exception, right? Like, mm. there's, denial is one of the first stages of grief. Although, actually, that's not strictly true. You can do those stages uh, at any uh, time. Yeah, yeah. But it's one of the stages. It is a stage of grief. It's one of the stages. Um, so I understand it, but in a movie, especially in a movie or in a series like this where apparently there have been other zombie outbreaks and Wesker was around for some of them, <laughs> you would think he would be more responsible. Because it's not even just he tells him to go home and then he, being in this version of the story, a scientist, taking very close care of his daughter, mm. staying home with her, making sure, like, oh, did the it's virus transmit? Sneaking Are some we... sort of antidote Yeah, like, being, of, yeah. being very, very careful. Instead, he's very, very careful for one night, and then lets, lets her go to school, mm. and then doesn't come home for a while, and eventually, like, she and Jade run off again for a while. He's just being incredibly irresponsible about 
all of this. Hmm. And not even in a, I am evil and I will throw caution to the wind, but in a, I am evil and also making really nonsensical choices. Even yeah, for that. Because yeah. he's not that evil. He, he's, he's actually trying to steer Umbrella in a more positive direction, which is actually very unlike Wesker in the in the story. And we find out there's a reason for that. Um, the uh, actual leader of oh, the Umbrella and then, Corporation... And, and this is where it starts to fall apart, is the introduction. You're about to talk about Evelyn. Yeah, Evelyn, played by uh, Paola Nunez-Rives... Uh, who I actually do I know her from anything? I don't really. She was in Bad Boys for Life. I thought she looked familiar. Okay. All right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So she's the head of the Umbrella Corporation, uh, and um, she's a, a, a Mexican actress. She's been in a lot of Mexican mm-hmm. productions. Uh, she's a queer woman. She's married to another woman. She has a she has a young son who is not that young. He's in, he's a he's high a teenager, schooler. Yeah. He's he's the same age as Jade. He's he's a hacker who knows how to get past the Umbrella Corporation's firewall because if there's one thing the evil all-powerful super tech company Umbrella would be bad at it's cybersecurity. <laughs> it, oh god. And but uh, in any case he's going to fall in love with Jade. That will go bad. Uh, but uh, she is cartoonishly evil she, in every conceivable way. She's a Saturday morning cartoon super villainess yeah. who who like We'll approach someone in a room. Oh, have you been infected by the zombie virus? I guess we'll just have to gut you. And then when yeah. people ask, like, why are you so evil? She starts giving these excuses. Oh, I'm really changing the world. And yeah. uh, it turns out the T-virus can mutate your brain. And it's actually really good for mind control. Yeah, so it's like, and, every, like she, she has a bit about how uh, if everyone's on Gleaminex, which is totally what I'm calling it. <laughs> if everyone's on Gleaminex, then we have the power to control their minds. Whereas something like Facebook or Twitter has the power to like show their, your advertising to millions of people. We can force them to buy the product. Hmm. And that makes us a trillion dollar company. Which, uh, uh, <laughs> uh, which was a, a wonderful plot point from the movie Freaked. It's like it was. we yeah. put a few uh, drops of this mut- mutagen in the water supply, and bingo, we've got a brand new consumer, <laughs> and we own the copyright. Uh, yeah, uh, and uh, this idea that okay, we can control everybody's minds. Evil, evil bad guy e- thing. Evil to do, bad yeah. guy thing. Um, yeah. There's something that bothers me about not just villains in movies, but real life. The people who lust for power, mm-hmm. who you know put put themselves in positions of power, even high power, become you know, mm-hmm. dictators and all the rest. Sure, they don't want power in order to do something. Yeah, they don't have practical goals. Most they, of the time. It's not like I'm going to have all of this power and I'm going to uh, do something other than have people worship me or have a you know a military coup. I'm going to ha- start a war, but that's only to just get more power yeah uh be creative for god's sake uh i want uh the villain to step forward yes we can control people's minds haha and what are you going to do with that power well we're going to uh make every we're going to stop all wars and we're going to uh make people feel good all the time i'm I'm kind of with you so far i see um, i see your logic the the swiss people are really good at chocolate whole country now devoted entirely to chocolate and we're going to pay them really really well and now everybody gets wonderful chocolate all around the world and it's a chocolate party and uh, the economy of, of Switzerland is now based entirely on chocolate, and everybody's happy about that. And everyone, I love that the economy is based on chocolate. Like everyone has like chocolate currency. Uh, there, yeah, it's chocolate. Yeah. I'm, that's, starts, that's, that's, that's the wild. goal. I want everything. I want money to be. I want chocolate to be currency. Like something. Yeah. Well, but something exciting thing. and creative. If, hold on, but if you actually look at the history of of weird dictators, they do do wild stuff like that. 
there mm-hmm. there is absolutely nonsensical shit. Well, I, like yeah, like Caligula and stuff. But, but I think but the, I think the larger point is she is a dictator who approaches this fascistic mindset. She wants to control everybody's minds in a you know fascism through capitalism kind of way. She she isn't doing it because she has an ethos really. Mm. She's doing it because it's logical, because she can, basically. And there's something about that that I don't buy. Because when you look at the people who are megalomaniacal, it often seems to manifest or from almost a sense of like insecurity. They're doing it for themselves. Yeah. They want to feel big. She doesn't have any of that. She's actually very comfortable like being in the shadows. And she it's it's not about Make, it's not about her. Yeah. So it ultimately just makes her feel just like a really over-enthusiastic employee. Like, <laughs> you know, that person is like a true believer in the company, but you own the company. Yeah. The company is you at that point. And you kind of want it to be more like, you know, like a Lex Luthor kind of thing where it's well, like, you know, was, um, it's it's all to like serve your own ego. If if that was the case, like if she was yeah. just like a, a corporate bootlicker and yeah. like wanted to please her bosses, there should have been more scenes like that. Like she she's yeah. she has like some sort of video call with like a shadowy cabal of Thunderball, like super, super bad. But guys. the buck stops there. Uh, yeah, and you and, realize that like she's she's not that interesting a person to make that of interest she's not doing this because she's incomplete and power will fill something within her mm-hmm. she's just kind of doing it because it's the business and yeah. that's not very interesting and so well, she really uh, falls flat as a villain for me even though yeah. i even though i honestly think paolo nunez is, is Doing their best. Uh, I mean, they're she, they're trying to be fun and, and entertaining. Yeah, she, and sometimes they try, really are trying to do the supervillain thing. Yeah. And there's a way to do that. Yeah. And I was reminded of uh, Julian Slink, the the character from Blood Drive. Oh yeah, uh, oh, I yeah. love Julian Slink. He he's a great character. A great it's a great character. series. Uh, yeah, and he uh, yeah. like he's a supervillain who's a supervillain showrunner. Yeah, like, like his whole thing is he's running everyone's life like it's a TV show, and he's mm-hmm. trying to like, he's like torment and torture them as a creative. As, but yeah, he as, has as, like exe- directing epi- episodes, and he's got like, bosses. He's got studio executives telling him what to do, and they want it to be less creative, and it's driving him up the wall. <laughs> great fucking character. It's a, it's a great and like <laughs> if there was something like character. if there's this Julian Slink like thing going on with uh, with uh, the Nunez character, yeah, a little that would have been great. Yeah, that would. But cool. no, she's just yeah. like uh, like gnashing her teeth and cackling and being just generally evil and so i I don't buy it when she finally gives her explanation yeah it's like no we we get to change the world well if you actually believed that even as a villain you would actually be a little bit more clear-headed about it you wouldn't be evil you would just say this is sort of like something we got to do because we actually have a much bigger goal in mind Mm -hmm. and i'm sorry i have to cut your hands off or whatever horrible thing she's gonna do Mm -hmm. or i'm not sorry because this is this is important actually this this is so important that i can kill you and it doesn't matter because you know, we got world yeah. peace on the line. She doesn't have an ethos, and she's not even, uh, 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 like she's she's not even quote unquote crazy enough mm. to really justify a lot of her behavior. Just the character is very very thin. Uh, I, I want to jump ahead for a second, and then we'll go back to the present because the structure of the show is very uh, uh, carefully laid out in terms of what it reveals about the past and the future. Mm. Because uh, like in the twenty thirties. We see that Jade uh, has Jade has a daughter. Billy is mysteriously missing, and it sure seems like as we're watching these things unfold simultaneously that okay, well, Billy got bitten by the dog, so Billy no doubt became a zombie and started this whole uh, uh, 
world gone mad that we have. Uh, and that makes sense. And for and honestly, it feels a little tedious for a while because like, <laughs> I, I get it. We I feel like we could have done this entire flashback in one episode for a while, and then you realize halfway through the season, there's only eight episodes. Billy is not dead, and Billy is not a zombie in the future. <laughs> so that's something. And so mm. when they reveal that, like they, they're given this timeline, like Jade finds out that people who contract this T virus they turn into a zombie within three days. That's right. They, and she's got like a timer. She set a timer. Billy makes it past the three days. Mm. What? <laughs> oh my god! Well, that that changes. They, ex- they don't explain that, do they? No, they, they kind of do because they, they, they not a little bit because the idea is uh, we find out also over the course of the series that uh, and we and this is pretty clear to the audience early on, although the show doesn't make it explicit for a while, that uh, Jade and Billy are genetically manipulated children. And indeed, they're actually like female clones of Wesker, basically. Mm. Uh, We find that out later. Uh, And he manipulated their DNA to give them, you know, he he did eugenics, basically. It's uh, it's horrible, but he did eugenics. And one of the things that he did to Billy made her strong enough to actually withstand the T-virus. Theoretically, that could be a good thing. Maybe we could get like a like an like a, a, a what do you call it? a vaccine from that or something like hmm. that. Maybe I don't know if we'll ever get there because the series ended. Obviously, <laughs> and obviously it didn't work because yeah. in the future everyone's everyone's a zombie. But yeah, skip skip ahead fourteen years and yeah. everybody's a zombie. Yeah, you also find out or 16, that, it's sixty yeah, yeah. twenty thirty yeah sixteen years. You also find out that Wesker. Is also a clone. I think we, we hinted at that earlier. The, uh, the one that we've been seeing most of is Al Wesker. Yeah. And he is a clone of Albert Wesker. They're okay. all like, played uh, by he's Lance the original. Reddick. They're all played by And they're they're kind of like the clones in multiplicity in that they yeah. all have like slightly different personalities. Yeah. So Al Al Wesker, the 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 dad that we've known, he's like the responsible smart one. Uh, there's another one named Burt Wesker, and he's the one who's basically like the final Michael Keaton clone in Multiplicity. Like, mm. he made a copy of a copy too many times, and it's not as sharp. Um, so he's still pretty smart, but he's, he's there's something off with him, and his mm. personality is... He's, he's is, a, li- a little bit detached, yeah. and he has, like, these big mood swings. There's a wonderful yeah. scene in one of the last episodes... Mm. Where he goes where to he the ta- restaurant? Yeah, where they go to the Olive Garden, and, like, he's... Like, threatens to kill somebody, but then is also really keen on the breadsticks. Well, he finds out there's unlimited breadsticks, and he says, I would like more of these unlimited breadsticks. And the lady says, well, when you finish the breadsticks you have here, I'll bring you more. That's not unlimited. (laughs) That's a limitation. And then he, like, throws the breadsticks on the ground and says, bring me more breadsticks! Like, in this very Holy Roman Emperor way. Super funny. There's also another one he dies immediately and then we meet the original albert wesker which is where we get to see lance reddick dressed as blade more covered less, yeah. head to toe in absurd shiny leather and he's hilarious and that is much more akin to the wesker of the of the, of the video games okay. this kind of like larger than life supervillain type um see that was, that was the part i didn't like it's, it's so like silly. you get to the silly parts it's like so ridiculous. I, the problem is all of this stuff in 2022 spends a lot of time with with the girls yeah and a lot I, of conversations about what what they're going through and a lot of their personal relationships it's actually pretty uh, grounded like yeah, their reality aside from the fact that the umbrella corporation yeah. exists is pretty much like our own yeah, there, there's a few kind of wild scenes like um uh one of them goes to a party that is like a, mm. like she she knows she's infected and she decides to go to a party anyway yeah and uh and the other goes after her and there's a lot of arguments going on yeah. the party they go to is like concrete motorcycle party it's like a little bit stylized yeah but uh yeah 
they have a lot of arguments that are really kind of down to earth. There's a really wonderful episode where when they discover a lot of the secrets and uh, are you talking about the the scavenger hunt? The scavenger hunt episode yeah. is great. I love yeah. this scene because they they find like a, a note that was supposed to be left yeah. for them uh, if their dad died, but they yeah. find it before he died, and yeah. so they and read it and they realize there's like a bunker underneath the house with all these survivalist yeah. supplies. And in order to get to the bunker, they have to like solve all these clues that only his daughters would know. So here's this photograph, and that that uh, behind the photograph is a thing, and it's more, more you, of the lost symbol kind of stuff. Yeah, and if you and you realize that, like, oh wait, this note refers to this one time you were really, really sad, and Dad played piano for you. So if we play that song on the piano, one of the keys in the piano comes off, and there's a message in it, and it's nonsense, and, and but they, it is fun. It's fun, and they, they have to. Uh, another wrinkle is they have to sneak. Her, everything has a camera in it, so they can't like be in the eye line oh, of yeah. any any of the electronics in the house. And so they have like, to crawl like, around, yeah, like, like, like dive behind couches and stuff, like, like some kind of weird it's, reverse floors lava kind of game. It, when we're dealing with like Resident Evil, that stuff is actually like pretty realistic. <laughs> like it feels like, oh wait a minute, you're doing something real here, like an actual drama. Yeah, uh, it's an action sequence we could relate to. We've dived behind couches. We know sure. what that's like. Uh, most who of hasn't? us, right? Who hasn't? Yeah. Who hasn't, <laughs> who hasn't taken a dive behind a couch. Uh, so all of that stuff is fine. But then we get to the super villain stuff, and then when we reveal there's clones, it starts to get a little stupid. Well, yeah, but that's and, that's that's where we live in Resident yeah, Evil. That's I, I the understand. thing that that's the thing that I was actually kind of like waiting to get to because well, it, if you're gonna unless you're gonna change the continuity uh, so that Resident Evil isn't nonsense, hmm. and I'm sorry, even at its best, it can be really nonsensical. And I like it. Don't get me wrong, but it can be really nonsensical. The weird thing about a lot of the Resident Evil games that I've played is that the story is bunk, the dialogue is laughable, the characters are at best arch. Yeah. However, you take it seriously because the gameplay instills genuine tension. All right. You, the player, are frightened because you're only given like very limited amounts of ammo and you have to run more often than you get to shoot half the time. Like there's actually like genuine tension. There's real tension that we associate with the Resident Evil franchise, even though all of the actual elements of the narrative, the parts that you can adapt to film and television because gameplay doesn't really translate. Mm. All of those elements are mostly quite dumb. So Every time you translate them to TV and movies, that's the part that can get translated. <laughs> is the not dumb the, part. Not the horror, not the no. intensity, not the well, frightening stuff. Mm. That part doesn't really come across because no, if you're if you're if well, you're faithful to uh, all of it, then the terror is is lost. Th- that's a big issue with those movies. Is yeah. they're about zombies and monsters, but those are action pictures. Those aren't horror movies. They're not scary no, by the least. They're action horror. Uh, uh, they're they're yeah. fine, you know. It's a subgenre. Scenes where people are like flying on motorcycles through church windows and firing bullets and kicking kicking panes of glass through monster dogs. I understand. Like, listen, is it is it trying to frighten you? No, No, not particularly. Is it within the horror genre? Sure, there are zombies and monster dogs. Yeah, Blade Uh, is a horror movie as well. It's just badass. I I suppose so. Um, 
so that but that's what I appreciate about uh, the 2022 sequences and the mm-hmm. Resident Evil series is that it's trying to make everything feel a little bit more grounded, connected to reality, mm-hmm. uh, at least a recognizable reality mm-hmm. based on character. Uh, yeah, ba- based on character and based on sort of action things that we can relate to and mm-hmm. things we would be afraid of, and the idea that some evil corporation is out there insidiously working on something that w- will undo the world, and we know it will undo the yeah. world. You end the season with, oh, uh-oh, things are getting worse. And it, if it, the series had been about sort of the gradual breakdown of all of these things and like, mm-hmm. uh-oh, well, we have to cut off this part of the city. We have to cut off the whole city. We have to cut off the mm-hmm. state. It's like just yeah, yeah. everything's... Just the gradual dissolution yeah, of society. That would have been yeah. great. Uh, well, but, but then... It would have... It, here's the thing. There's an argument there. Yeah. Maybe it would have been great, or maybe it would have been kind of slow, and we're all just waiting for for mm-hmm. it to hit the. It, it would be like, oh, we're going to do an entire season of I don't know oh, the- Captain America, and at the end of the first season, he gets Super Soldier Serum. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's done very, very well, but at the same time, is that why you made it? It's true. If 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 you're a fan of Captain America, you want to see him, you yeah. know, wearing that outfit. And, and if you're a fan of Resident around, Evil, yeah. you want to get to the Resident Evil stuff before the end so. of season one, I think. So, they so I think their compromise was showing yeah, both they, they split the difference and yeah. they fast forward 16 years into 2038 and the, uh, the character is now played by new actors. Um, yes, it's uh, Ella Belaniska is playing Jade and then later on, we've already mentioned that she is alive, mm-hmm. uh, Adeline Rudolph plays uh, the adult yeah, uh, version Billy. of Billy. Uh, Jade, uh, after... And, and, this is, and the world is now, uh, has completely fallen apart. Yeah. There, the... There's like pockets of Mad Max uh, tribalists and yeah. insanity and giant monsters everywhere. But there are also some cities where things aren't maybe normal, but there is an, an actual society that is able to exist in pockets. So, depending on where what scene it takes place in, you're either in the middle of the Omega Man, or you're in the middle of, like, Judge Dredd, where there's, mm. like, everything outside of the yeah. city is shit, and we're protecting everyone from the zombies, but inside, people do still have apartments and jobs. So, uh, uh, yeah. which uh, is... Have your cake and eat it too, kind of thing. I, I get it. I didn't like anything in the future season. Nothing at all, nothing. really. Um, okay. Uh, b- yeah, because a the characters all of a sudden aren't realistic. They're all yeah. you know grizzled archetypes now. They're all action yeah. badasses, and I hate that. Uh, I I don't like movie or TV series where everyone is like a ca- a capable action hero. Yeah, that's really not interesting because yeah. people aren't. Uh, True. E- even when like a bad guy shows up, it's like yeah, but I'm also a badass. So how about you? Yeah, badass over here too. Is everybody here a badass? Yo. Uh, well, then why don't we just stop? Because we're all going to get the shit kicked out of us. <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? It's like, well, if we're all badasses, then there's nothing to worry about. I Zombie was, attacks, you'll just kill them all. I, I read a script for uh, for a Fast and Furious parody once where uh, <laughs> they came to the point where, like, the Paul Walker character was like... Um, he was yeah, a car. I, I was, no, I was like, I was, I was an undercover cop the whole time. And I, I'm sorry... Vin Diesel, I, I have to arrest you. But he's like, well, I was also an undercover cop the whole time. Yeah. And then the Michelle Rodriguez character was, well, so was I. Okay. Wait, was anyone here a criminal? <laughs> Literally no one. They were <laughs> all undercover up. cops. That's cute. So, uh, yeah, everybody seems like a little bit too uh, grizzled, a little bit too... Um, uh, uh, w- wounded in that movie kind of a way yeah. where you know their wounds just make them tougher uh and yeah it's it's unreal it's it's unrealistic and then yeah you know? and then like when the 30 foot caterpillar bursts up out that's of the a, ground that's something that should be fun that's a 30 foot caterpillar in the first episode and by the way i got to say it's netflix they throw money at shit uh, that's a, that's a pretty good looking visual effect if that was on a big screen yeah. i'd be like whoa neat cool and and it's yeah. it's a fun idea um yeah. 
we saw a movie that was actually also on Netflix uh, about two years ago called Love and Monsters. Uh, uh, that wasn't originally on Netflix. That was, oh, was I it? think it was on Paramount+. Plus. It was in theaters, but it was also because it was in like drive-ins. Okay. It was right in the middle of the pandemic, and I think it was on Paramount+. Plus. It was not oh, Netflix, okay. though. It was, it was not uh, Netflix. I remember I, that. We saw it on streaming. It was and, on, yeah. And that's another post-apocalypse movie where uh, animals have grown to enormous size. There's a lot of yeah. monsters. And it's, and it's always... And no mammals, so it's all crabs and frogs and stuff. Yeah. Those monsters are scary. Yeah, those are good monsters. And they gave those kinds of monsters a lot of room. Mm. So when a giant frog shows up, the camera's going to dwell on it and mm. show, like, what do, what is it like to deal with a giant frog? Yeah, it's a unique yeah. threat dealing with a giant frog as opposed mm. to dealing with a giant crab. And okay, that movie's great. It, by it's the way. really excellent. It's I really love. Genuinely well written. Uh, the character work is very very strong. There's a wonderful moment with a robot oh, partway God, through. Broke uh, my heart that yeah, robot. it's like a sad moment. Yeah, it's really uh, good. And uh, <laughs> please see Love and Monsters. It's, it's our point. It got overlooked because of the pandemic. Please yeah. see that movie. It's so wonderful. Uh, that movie did really well by these unusual giant animals. Yes. Resident Evil has a giant caterpillar. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Good idea. I'm Good interested. Good place to start with. And it could be anything. It's just a monster that comes up out of the ground. And it attacks it's briefly as, and as a really, really cool, destroyed. like, kaiju kind of moment. Yeah. Uh, but then we don't spend time with it. Yeah. We don't deal with the ramifications with the idea that... This is a world that regularly runs into 30-foot caterpillars. Well, if you think about it, like, you've got 30-foot caterpillars. Later on, but I think it's the first time we've ever had it in, quote-unquote, live action, even though it's CG. Uh, we finally had a giant spider, which has been part of Resident Evil since the beginning. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, which is just a cool thing. Giant spiders. Everyone likes a giant sure, spider. Yeah, yeah. There's a giant spider and it attacks people. And then later on... The giant alligator is one of the most ridiculous fucking things <laughs> I've seen in any show in a while. And it's yeah, not I'm just sure. because there's a giant alligator. I can handle that. It's the way they handle it. And I want to talk, I want to give it time when we talk it's, about the final it's episode. A, it's a giant. It's, it's amazingly ridiculous. I guess there's not a whole lot to cover in the 2038 sequences. Well, um, I, I want to I go through uh, it. Yeah, I think Jade, there is actually. Jade uh, has to get well, to Calais. She's, yeah. I think she's in the United States. Mm, and uh, think, she starts in the U.S. Mm, and then has to go to France. I think she's in, and I think she's in Europe already. But, oh, anyway, okay. I, but my point is, I just want to make real fast because we're talking about the giant animals. Mm. That would fuck up the ecosystem. Oh yeah, if they're giant animals, you would think that would have these gigantic ramifications for just everything natural around them. Uh. That giant caterpillar, that would fun like that thing is underneath a major city. Mm. That entire thing would collapse absolutely because which, it's it, burrowing it underneath the ground. Yeah, it, and, it, uh, it, you would have to reflect <gasps> that. Oh my god, caterpillar, and and then it hatches into Mothra. It's it's yeah. part of the monster verse. It could have been cool, mm. but um, in any case, you're right. So uh, she's studying. The zombies in an attempt to determine if the T-virus is evolving, and if it's evolving, maybe there's a new way to treat it. Mm. Uh, her studies are interrupted when the zombies attack her. She runs away. She runs into some road warrior type guys who immediately sell her out to uh, Umbrella. Um, who is the guy? And yeah, there's this yeah. Uh, this bearded guy who is like the the central uh, bad guy who's. Yeah, not a terminally interesting character, but he's played with a lot of verve. Um, I think it's. Hold on, is it? That, uh, is it Turlo Convery? Hold on, I, I can't no, remember no. the character's name offhand. Uh, yeah, it's Turlo Convery. Turlo, Turlo Convery is. The, uh, I, I rather like. I rather liked yeah. him because he plays this kind of. You he's know, from, kind of he's aloof. From, uh, Killing Eve. Yeah, he's 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 he plays a kind of aloof bad guy, uh, but you find out later on that he's actually. Here's the deal. I don't see a lot of characters in 
film and television, especially not a genre film, that look like me. Hmm. That and I'm a I'm a fat hairy guy. Okay, <laughs> there, said, there, are, I, there are a lot of fat hairy badasses. There's there's a lot of fat hairy guys. They're not allowed to be badasses very often. There's a bit later on where this guy who's been chasing uh, uh, Jade down for like three episodes. They are both kidnapped by new Road Warrior guys. Different and, Road Warrior. Yeah, guys. and they've been like feeding I'm, people to the zombies. They've got their they got like their weird pseudo religious thing. And... Yeah, uh, and they're both kidnapped together, and they have to work together in order to escape. Okay. I, there you go. And and this bad guy's uh has that moment where he's like, I'm I'm just doing my job. I don't need to Yeah. I'm not so devoted to, to my job that I'm gonna betray you. I'm gonna I'm, fight I, alongside I, I, yeah, you. Yeah, I'm not going to die for them. I don't yeah. that's not I'll kill for them, but I'm not gonna die for them. And, that, and, and that's working a fine with moment, you yeah. and working with you serves my interests as well, so let's work together to save the day. This guy gets I mean, yeah, he's still a bad guy and he's kind of thinly played, but it's cool to see this guy who looks like me get <laughs> one of those like one long steady cam fight sequences where he's killing like yeah, 20 was, zombies and like uh, grabbing one by the neck and shooting another one and then stomping on one's head all in one take and i gotta tell you just on that alone i was like that made me happy okay that was yeah. nice actually it's good to oh, see yeah. a guy like that get that kind of scene because he normally wouldn't uh, actor uh, robbie coltrane passed yeah. away yes uh, uh, just recently as of this recording and uh uh W- wonderful actor. Very good actor. Uh, he di- died in his early 70s. He had great work still left in him. It's a, 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 a tragic passing. Uh, he was in two James Bond movies. He was. Like, he's, he's done, like, really uh, high work and just a was, lot of pop was, work as well. It was a Golden Eye and then it was in Tomorrow Never Die. He was so in The World Is Not Enough. That was but, he skipped yeah, one. He, he okay, skipped yeah. one. Um, okay. He would have made a fine James Bond. <laughs> he would have. Uh, I would have liked he, that. He's like is able to match Pierce Brosnan's charm, no easy feat. Yeah. Uh, and there's a scene in the world is not enough where he's been shot in the knee, mm-hmm. so he walks with a cane. Mm-hmm. His character, and uh, he's just sort of like charging around during one of the the film's many action sequences mm-hmm. with like this gigantic handgun. He's just like blowing people away. Yeah. It's like okay, awesome. I, I like that. I like when yeah. this guy that looks like he doesn't have a lot of mobility is just as much a badass as yeah. James Bond. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it, just made me, it made me happy. It's a, a, a big guy with a cane and he's still kicking ass. Like he's you know? still evil, but just the image alone in this show hmm. was was pleasant. It was an, right. it was a change of pace, and I admired it. The, that whole sequence where they're escaping from that big weird chainsaw cult. There's some fun action in there. Mm, I had a reasonably yeah. good time in a very superficial way. Yeah, they. Uh, but, but also, that, that's the, my issue. Well, is is it's it's action in a really superficial way. There's sure. no like actual tension or excitement, like there was in the 2022 sequences. I, I'm not disagreeing. Right. Uh, I'm just I'm just I'm just getting us through the plot because right. there's a little bit more than you're giving credit for. While they're in that sequence, they also find out that there is now uh, what they call a queen zombie. Oh, uh, which right. is actually yeah. able to Excuse command me. other zombies. I had forgotten about the Queen Zombie, yeah, so there's... which is a conceit from uh, Army of the Dead, mm-hmm. the Zack Snyder film, and it's also but I think one of the Netflix, and and also one of the later uh, Resident Evil games. Apparently, this this uh, conceit this comes up, Queen Zombie. but it's basically they've got a mutation. They've got this extra like giant gland on their neck. It looks really gross. Uh, that allows them to basically tell zombies to stop attacking or attack one person if they want to. Mm. And Jade sees this. And that's, that's like so a video game of course conceit. It is. Yeah. But Jade sees this, and of course Jade sees this and says, oh, well, I have to bring this to... which She's going to uh, basically... Uh, you know like in, in the Book of Eli, mm-hmm. where like he's trying to take the last Bible yeah. to... 
like a library, to a library, like library, a, library a, a place yeah. where they're trying to, even though society has collapsed, at least there's one haven for all of the great works of literature, all of the great knowledge, all the science, everything we've got is and, still uh, there yeah. somewhere. And uh, during the apocalypse, all Bibles had been destroyed. Yeah. So, so there, there's, there's only one, there's left. only one left. There's only one left. And, and uh, it's, it's, not a great movie, but it's a pretty cool movie. <laughs> I, I like the book on the hill. I, I like it fun. I'm not, not so fond of like yeah. post-apocalypse mayhem in general, yeah. but yeah, I, I like that one. I, I think its point is made really early on, and then it just kind of spins its wheels, mm. but it's still good. I, I um, love this. There's a scene early on where um, he's, he has like the last working iPod, oh, yeah. and he needs it to charge it constantly, and he goes to like the sundry shop, and it's run by Tom Waits. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's yeah. like, I can give you some water if you charge up my iPod. Yeah, I can charge up your iPod. <laughs> Loaded up with some of my records. Nice. Um, so much like in the Book of Eli, Jade is trying to. She cuts off this zombie's head. It's got it in a Ziploc bag, and she's trying to get this bag mm. to like the last like vestige of like libraries and academia, so that we can hopefully use this to create video game uh, uh, weapons, which will allow people to either have zombies avoid them if you use one version of the chemical or have attack other people if you use the other version of that chemical <sighs> so she escapes with that she's about <laughs> to escape in general when who shows up but billy her sister still alive still alive and, she didn't and, now, realize. and now has turned into like a super villainess yeah and like, it's so stupid and she's like ah but then she's like, i'm gonna cackle and say haha i'm i've been alive i hated you this whole time and she cackles and says evil things and as soon as everyone's out of the room she says uh, listen, I'm still on your side. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you go. You're going to punch me in the face. I'll say you escaped. Go. Take your research. Go back to your library. I'm definitely not going to follow you. Mm-hmm. Got it? Got it? I'm, I'm secretly a good guy. No, turn Because Jade makes great decisions, and Jade doesn't question that, mm-hmm. and takes the head, and then walks like directly to where Billy wants to go, because she's trying to like find these assholes. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, Jade Jade goes to this. They're on they're on a big shipping trying, container. Trying to find these assholes. They're on a big shipping. Oh, ship the shipping. One of those shipping ships. Okay, you know the are, with the shipping. Are shipping containers a big part of the video games? I, they were in the movie. I don't remember if they were a big part of the video game. Because I remember yeah. in one of the movies, I think it was Extinction, uh, where no, it was Afterlife. It was Afterlife, yeah. Uh, where yeah, uh, Alice runs afoul of all of these yeah gigantic shipping containers that are just sort of randomly peppered throughout the desert. Oh no, that one's extinction. Yeah. But there's a bit in afterlife where she's trying to find like this last haven of humanity. And it turns out it's on on a mobile ship and there are shipping containers in that too. So fair enough. It's in multiple films. The the actual ship is in afterlife. Uh, And the ship sequence is pretty crazy. Oh Uh, yeah, that part's wild. uh, But yeah, I remember she was like opened up one of these shipping sequence containers and all of these zombies spilled out. There's just full of all these zombies waiting to burst out. And that feels like something from a video game. Yeah, totally. It's like you open this door and a bunch of zombies come out. Why are they there? It doesn't matter. It's a video game. Exactly. Uh, Video game logic. Yeah. Uh, The experience matters. The inner logic that's necessarily. Here's what I've learned from video games. If you are a dragon, you can trap uh, monsters inside bubbles of your spit. Yeah. And then when you slam them against a wall, they turn into fruit. Uh, yes. this, this is the logic of a video that's game. science. <laughs> this is the way that's it works. That's biology. Yeah. Uh, that's another Capcom game, isn't it? Bubble no. Bobble. Oh, Bubble Bobble. I was talking about no, no, that Yoshi. Was, that, that was Taito. Yoshi kind of does that, too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I guess. But no, that, no, that was... Was, a, was Taito or Namco one of those? Yeah. 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 
Anyway, I play Bubble Bobble. I love Bubble Bobble. On the arcade when I, I was, was a kid. really good at Bubble Bobble. <laughs> get, get, get pretty far. So, so, someone had a thing once. They were like, uh, okay, let's say you had enough money to build your own private arcade. Mm-hmm. What's your first four arcade cabinets you're going to get? Well, and I was like, Bubble Bobble. Uh, bubble Bobble. Bubble first thing you got to get is one of the Bubble Bobbles. Yeah, we, we, we Preferably do... the one that's Bubble Bobble and also Metal Slug. Oh, there, yeah, the ones that you, the, could the, you could switch back, between. Switch back and forth, Those yeah. were cool. Yeah, uh, I would do um, the Ms. Pac-Man Galaga one. Nice with the with the speed enhance because it's better when it's fast. It is better when it's fast. Um, I'd get uh, Tapper, mm. the, the beer serving game. That's a really fun. That's one. fun. I remember Tapper. Uh, can I do pinball machines or just video screen, games. screen ones? All right, uh, Donkey Kong. Okay, and uh, what else do I do? Gauntlet. Gauntlet. Oh, Gauntlet's fun. 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 I would do okay. As I said, I would do Bubble Bubble. I would do Missile Command. You never get tired okay, of missing yeah. with the rolling and everything like that. Yeah, it's really bit. oh, you know what? Unique uh, interface. Maybe not Gauntlet. Maybe I'd do Centipede because I like the little. Centipede's the ball, cool. Yeah. Centipede's cool. Uh, let's see. I would do. I would do one of the House of the Dead games. Oh, I never played those. Just yeah. one of the shooting games because those are really really fun. Mm-hmm. And then oh, I forget what I, I forget what my third one was. What was my third one gonna? Oh, I think it was Ni- Turtles oh, in Time. Tur- yeah, I was gonna say Ninja Turtles. Turtles in Time is a really great. It's gonna be game. Ninja Turtles, X Men, or, or The Simpsons. They're all kind of the same, but they're I, all I'm really doing great, Turtles yeah. in Time. It's way more fun. Uh, but yeah, so we're, we're old school. Um, <laughs> uh, somebody d- mm. uh, once accused me. They said you're not a gamer to my face. They said uh-huh. you're an arcader. It's like okay, well, I'll yeah. take that. That's fine. That's fine. <laughs> I love video games so long as I have to put a quarter into it. Arcade games were based around a very particular mechanic. And that Mm. mechanic is not how you play the game. It's repeatedly shoving quarters into the cabinet. So so there's actually no end to a lot of these games. They're not intended to be played to completion for the most part. They're intended to keep you playing in order to improve and and get better at pattern recognition yeah and you're, you're, yeah at, the reason at the you had limited lives is the reason yeah you you were trying to make the game as short as possible unless you're really really good at it yeah so that people will shove more quarters into it mm. that's the goal so those type of games are very very different from nowadays where some of them you can't even die anymore I'm not complaining about that, but that's just a t- thing that would not have existed in our game. I played a game. I think you recommended it to me. It's called like like Dark Rain or Heavy Rain, something like that. And um, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And it, it's like a serial killer story. Like there's a plot yeah. to it, and there's a big part of the game where uh, there's not much game going. It's like you're arranging things in a house, mm-hmm. uh, and like there's no action, there's no mayhem, and that's and you're not like earning points or goals or anything. No, you're you're progressing a story, yeah. and, and, and it's like yeah, yeah, and then you like go up to characters and they they like give you like little bits of dialogue, and you're supposed to be constructing a movie out yeah, of solving this. a mystery yeah, and, basically and, and making I, I, choices that matter later kind of thing and, and i'm like can i just eat the strawberry and, and like get yeah. 500 points so well, it's like i was thinking it's, about this too old school to to jive with well, the new new mechanics well i was thinking about this and 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 the heavy rain has a lot of problems don't get me wrong but like it's it's that you can draw a very straight line between that and dragon's lair like yeah, back yeah. in the arcades, there was this there the uh, Don Bluth, the creator of the Secret of Nim and an American Tale and All Dogs Go to Heaven and The Land Before Time, some of the best animated movies ever made. He was at the forefront of trying to combine video game mechanics with cinematic storytelling, and he did that initially with a laser disc game. The actual arcade cabinet had a laser disc player in it called Dragon's Lair, and Dragon's Lair you play a knight and each sequence and they would play in random order except for like the first two i think um each sequence was a beautifully fully animated video but there is like one moment where you have a split second to make a life or death decision and and a little yellow uh like 
one of the, a part of the screen would like flash yellow yeah. for a brief moment. And so you have to make him jump over here or pick up at this thing or have him duck. The problem with Dragon Slayer is as an arcade game is twofold. Dra- Dragon's Lair, by Sorry. the way, not Slayer. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Uh, the problem is twofold as a game, and it's always frustrating me as a game. Uh, one, it's not always abundantly clear how you're supposed to interact with the glowing thing. You're supposed mm. to press the action button. You're supposed to press left because it's the left of the screen. That's not 100% clear. That it's, never really felt like playing fair to me. Well, because it's trial and error. It's just yeah. about recognizing what you have to do and doing that. And that would be fine if the scenes played out consistently, but because they are random, by the time you figure out, oh, I was supposed to do that, you might never see that one again the next five times you play the game. Yeah, yeah. And as a result, it doesn't really seem like it's playing very fair. However, that mechanic of we're watching a video and we're making choices that decide how the video will progress is something that would later be more involved in PC games, Sega CD games, and now there are whole video games that are basically just interactive movies like The Quarry, and they function very much the same way. Okay. And I just think it's kind of interesting, actually, yeah, that Don yeah. Bluth was at the foreground of that. And we don't really <laughs> give enough credit for that, I think. Yeah, I mean, they, there are other yeah. people as well, but as an animator and as a filmmaker, he's yeah, they, kind of uh, instrumental to it. I, I'm, I'm far too old, and I gave up on video games at one point. I, 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 know. I stopped playing just because when I went out of college, I didn't have the time. And, well, I don't have the time yeah. now. I mean, yeah, so, so I, I just... I, I miss it, actually. I don't play video games. The, I played The Quarry because that was fun, right. but, like... I haven't really played uh, but, another video game to completion in a really long time. So I, I, I take everything I say about uh, Resident Evil with a, a huge bag of rock salt because, sure. uh, uh, yeah, my experience with video games isn't about, like, story and characters. Yeah. It's, it's about just mechanics. We uh, should but, get back to the show. But the show, uh, the show is, a f- I, I can link it back to this, is a little bit too mechanical. It, yeah. it really feels like it's going through a lot of like genre tropes, especially in the 2038 sequences, yes. than it is trying to tell any kind of original story. Yeah. Uh, and or, or fuck original, cohesive. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Co- just a story that makes sense. Yeah, just a decent, well-told story. And, and, we, nice, and yeah. we, we've said this a lot, that when uh, you know video games take a lot of their cues from genre movies that came before, a lot of grindhouse yeah. stuff, violence, zombie movies, yeah. were the inspiration for a lot of these games. And yeah. when Resident comes, Evil is very much inspired by the works of George Romero. Yeah, or like or uh, I'd, I'd say Fulci, even. But, um, yeah, sure. Uh, the... Um, so yeah, when it comes time to put to put that back on film, now you're just copying a copy, and it yeah. doesn't feel like you're doing something original it, or fun. It, it doesn't feel uh, very inspired. Exactly, yeah. it rarely feels inspired, and that's definitely true of the future sequences yeah. in Resident Evil. I feel like when they're setting up the conspiracy stuff, it's you know predictable, typical stuff. Mm. But at least they're trying to give it like some character and some tension. Yeah. Uh, treat it like a real story. They have yeah. they have to introduce the, uh, yeah. And yeah, when they finally get to sort of the action mayhem and the monster stuff, it feels like they're just sort of lazing through it. Yeah. And the actors aren't very interesting this time around. The characters are a lot less interesting when they're I, older. I, I'll say this: I honestly think that uh, Ella Belinska, who plays the adult version of Jade, mm. she's the action movie star who's got to carry all this stuff, and I think she brings what she needs to bring to it. Well, she has that the action hero steely determination and, and, which is, and know, not everyone has that I guess and, not and even some of the action stars that we have don't have that and mm. she does I think she's really good casting anyway she goes back to her uh, floating academy she reunites with her brilliant daughter and then she discovers the whole head enzyme thing and then her sister shows up and is like ha ha I you, was following you you fool time. and Jade's like ah oh, I'm an idiot also Jade who when she discovers the enzymes says, oh, we need to test them. And she's with the lab partner. The lab partner's like, great, I'm going to tell them that we figured this thing out. 
All we need now is to get their approval to safely capture a, t- a zombie, mm-hmm. keep it safely somewhere so we can test this out on it. And Jade's like, I'm not going to wait a week. I am going to run out myself right now. Mm. I'm literally going to scoop a zombie up out of the water. I'm going to drag it back secretly to the boat. I'm going to tie it up with not very good restraints in my apartment (laughs) where my daughter lives. And I'm just going to test to see if this pheromone works. Which, by the way, initially it does not, which is weird. Because later that day, it's a huge plot point that it works fine. But anyway... The zombie escapes and kills somebody, not her daughter, but somebody that she knew. And I got to tell you something. I have no fucking sympathy for Jade anymore. She, <laughs> she was really judgy about other people for like keeping zombies alive for their own purposes uh, earlier there on. There was a, a sequence where, yeah. yeah, she visits somebody in their apartment and uh, I, I think it was the husband was yeah, she, a, she, a zombie. And, the, the husband was like a coyote who was going to get her over the border somewhere and she'd worked with him before and the wife's like, oh, he's not available right now. But when she finds out he's been bitten and he, she's been keeping him in the bathroom and he's like, all I need is this information that he has. Oh, that's in his little black book. Where Where's that? In his, his pocket. Wallet, and he's, yeah, she's got a fun sequence. But then the whole thing is she's being really judgmental, this person, for being really idiotic and irresponsible with a zombie. And then she's just doing it in her own house with her own kid. She's a scientist, for fuck's sake. Like, I, I understand she, people yeah, making foolish it's... decisions, but this is not, this is a nonsensical plot point for her. Hmm. It doesn't track at all. It's not even like. Time is currently at the essence when she's doing that. She actually feels like she has time right now. She doesn't or, realize her sister is about to show up. Or if if, uh, the, the, if Jade, like, in seeing the world fall apart, had, like, maybe snapped a little bit. Yeah, that would and, be and, okay. And, like, was, like, mentally deteriorating, just yeah. at, at all the madness and chaos around her, and had maybe some dialogue to the effect of, I, I have I have a lot of trouble thinking straight these days, yeah. but I still have like a little bit of wherewithal and the knowledge mm-hmm. to take care of this. So there would at least be like an organic excuse for her to make bad decisions. She, she's dating someone. They specifically say it's not the father of her child, so I yeah. guess they would have introduced that character later. Uh, but she is dating someone. Their daughter calls him dad because she's spending all her time with the dad on this boat. Um, and he tells her daughter... She's like, oh, well, mom's back, but she's not going to be around anyway because that's just not who she is. She's mm-hmm. constantly working, and I've kind of gotten used to it. And dad says, you don't understand. Your your grandfather, her father, uh, tried to make the world a better place and instead made it infinitely worse look around you. Mm-hmm. And she is dedicated her entire life to trying to right that wrong. And that right there could be the sort of thing that makes it so that she is obsessive. And not necessarily making the right choices. She's just making choices that seem like they will accomplish her goal. Mm. But that still doesn't track with the character and it never really works. Eventually the sister comes in and says, okay, we're going to blow up your whole boat unless you give us Jade. And Jade's like, fine, I'll go. I fucked up anyway. It's fine. So she goes and she goes to see Evelyn, who's like running the place still. And then Evelyn... Sings and dances to a Dua Lipa song, which is totally out of character for her. And apparently, this broke a lot of Resident Evil fans' brains. They thought, like, this, much like uh, She Hulk twerking was too much for some Marvel fans. Oh. This, this scene where, like, it was. Rev- and the whole idea is that it, where I'm going to see the big villain mm. and there's going to be a big evil scene, but instead. They do something really weird and unexpected, and it turns out that she's being like mind controlled by Billy, who's actually secretly in control of Umbrella now. 
It's supposed to be weird and off-putting. Mm. Is it great? No, I, I think the actress is pulling it off as best she can. It's no. an odd moment, but it's supposed to be odd. You pointing out that it's odd is not criticism. That's the, the point. You're just describing the scene at that, that point. The, what what is the what are you doing? Why is that? Why is that the problem? There's so many actual problems you could what, complain about. Okay, I've seen so much uh, Resident Evil now. I've seen yes. all these movies. I've seen yeah. all eight episodes of this series. Yeah. What would a, like a pure version look like? Because clearly, I'm not getting it. I, I don't see what the appealing myth of the Resident Evil series mm-hmm. is that has not yet made it to film or television. I think there's a. I think some people associate it with a lot of self seriousness, which, mm-hmm. and this is just me, me speculating. I've talked to some people who are big fans of the game, and they really want to take it super duper seriously. Okay, and I'm like, again. The actual material in the game doesn't support that. Some of it does, okay, but a lot of it doesn't. And if you want it to be faithful, you got to ask: Do you only want it to be faithful to some of it? Mm. And if that's the case, you're not being faithful, right? And whenever you're doing an adaptation, the people who are doing the adaptation are deciding what is important. Mm. I think this show is trying more than Paul W. S. Anderson did to find a balance between. The, the adhering gr- to adhering to what was in the games in mm-hmm. terms of at least in terms of like general monster stuff and tone while also trying to t- introduce some new elements to it not to replace them but to sort of expand yeah. and give us a new inroad uh, and combine a certain amount of dramatic gravitas at least in the pre- stuff that takes place in the present day with the absolute absurdity inherent in Resident Evil does it succeed I'm not entirely convinced but I think they tried better than the other films did even the new one um, Jade confronts Billy. Jade uses the uh, evil enzyme that, like, she like breaks it on the ground, and Billy's like, "What was that? What'd you just do?" And then all of a sudden, zombies for like it takes like a while, but like 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 thirty seconds later, like zombies pour in from miles around, and I'm like, "Here's the thing: that's supposed to be based on smell." Uh huh. That smell. Must be really pungent <laughs> to, to reach a zombie a mile away within 30 seconds. Because that's... I'm not buying that, actually. But in any case, zombies attack everything is a whole thing. And uh, at that point, Jade reveals that the secret weapon that the Academy has had this whole time is underneath their boat. They've had a giant alligator chained up for many years because they had it as a baby. And when we see it, it's the size of Gamera. And they decide to no, it's, unleash... It's, it's like 30 feet tall. It's like yeah. hundreds of feet. It's like as big as the ship. It's a gigantic, it's gigantic. fucking monster. And she's like, it's we like have... A, it's like a Godzilla monster. And, it, and yeah. they're treating it like it's their WMD. She's like, we have to release the monster. It's like, oh, do we dare? It's like, yes, we must. It's our only hope. And uh, they're like, okay. And there are like people with keys that have to be inserted at the exact same time. <laughs> like we're at DEFCON 1. And it's absolutely just nonsensical and then the the alligator wakes up it's had its mouth clamped shut Mm. apparently for years i don't know what it was eating that it even was able to get that big radiation are they letting it go occasionally in order to eat a whale and then clamping it back down again somehow i'm very confused it attacks everything and i gotta be honest here watching a giant alligator attack zombies is kind of fun 
I feel like uh, there were a couple shots where they got the scale of the alligator, the crocodile. Whatever it is. It's a crocodile. Is it a crocodile? I think so. Okay. I don't know. I get confused. It's fine. All right. Uh, and I guess alligators have sort of the rounder nose. Like it's an alligator. They're monsters. It's a, a, giant, it's a giant monster. monster. Alli- they got the, the alliga- scale alligodocodile. of it. It's an alligodocodile. <laughs> Alligatron. They, yeah. um, uh, it's... Uh, there are a couple shots where we see like human actors like mm-hmm. sort of in the foreground next to this gigantic monster, mm-hmm. and for like a few minutes, it's like, oh wait a minute, this is this actually looks like a big thing, mm-hmm. like it actually has some size. It, some there's scale no to it. no logic to the fact that there's a kaiju in this thing now. Nope. And if you had started this with this is a kaiju universe, I'd be okay with that. Mm-hmm. I, I like Godzilla movies, but then it it kind of comes out of left field. Well, they had the caterpillar. Okay. And then they had the giant spider in the middle, and then we have the the, the alligodocodile later. Now, Grant, but here's the thing. It, the alligodocodile isn't I, I a random like, yeah. thing that's just sort of roaming the countryside. They've had it the whole time, and they decide to only show a brief flashback to set it up two scenes before they use it, which feels like a deus ex machina, yeah. or an alligator ex machina. Uh. But in any case, the alligator attacks everyone, and it's a whole thing. Uh, finally, uh, Jade... Uh, Jade's daughter, for whatever reason, has left the boat. Jade and her boyfriend leave. Her boyfriend dies to get the girl. They get the girl. And then Billy uh, confronts her. And there's there's a scene here. And by the way, in the past, all of the Weskers are trying to help the girls escape from Umbrella. And then Evelyn's son gets bitten. And she has to kill her own son, which drives her mad. And mm-hmm. there's a whole thing. The girls escape. And they're going to go find a character from the video games named Ada Wong. That's the tease for the next season. Uh, the original Wesker, who was their dad, uh, dies, or uh, or is kidnapped, rather, mm. and they're being left with one of the clones. Uh, and that's basically where that whole, whole thing ends. The 2030s section culminates in a confrontation between Jade and Billy, which had a, a bit of dialogue that... Honestly, made my jaw drop because I think I know what you're. you're well, because to, there's yeah. a whole speech uh-huh. that they're giving, and it's one of those "we are the same, you and I" kind of things. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're not so different, you and I. But the way that they phrase this gives it real-world context that when you connect it to the film on the surface, this might seem kind of empowering but when you realize that the dialogue is given to the villain to justify their villainy it's not great Hmm. and i want to clarify something before i say this because uh the the thing that turns people into zombies or monsters in this universe is called the t-virus however there are times in this show when they refer to it as T, just T. I'm on T. <laughs> well, which means something very different. Yes, and in the in the trans community, or anyone who needs to take it, mm. T is short for testosterone. Yeah. You will take your T shot. Take, take your, your T shot. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on T, someone mm-hmm. might say, if they're taking testosterone because they're transitioning for any reason. Um, here's the dialogue. Jade, uh, Jade says, we're the same. And Billy says, I wrote this down, no, we're not. Ever since that... No, I'm sorry. I got it wrong. Billy says we're the same. Mm. Jade says, no, we're not. Ever since that night, the night she became whatever, you are heartless, hopeless. That night was the worst night of my life. That was when I lost my sister. And then Billy says this. No, it wasn't. 
See, that's what you never got. The tea, it stripped away all my fucking bullshit. The fear, the anxiety. It didn't make me somebody else. It let me be who I always was. I was just too scared to admit it. <laughs> oh my god. That was the best night of my life. Uh. At which point, Jade asks, what are you? And, and Billy says, I'm the future. Now, if you take that out of context, mm. that is someone saying something very empowering about being trans. Mm-hmm. That's but, what that. Yeah. That's what that's. You could but, put that in any other story about who you are. Yeah, that's, that's about that's, a sister yeah, who is un, unclear about how their their sibling is, is trans now, mm. or, or not now. But they're, they they're all where they they thought that that or, was or transitioning. They now, thought yeah. that their sibling had changed and not realizing that transitioning was letting the person who was transitioning mm. be who they always were. Uh, however, in Resident Evil, all of that is the justification for their villainy. So well, uh, that also, is weird. Also consider that uh, we didn't mention this, but the uh, the the uh, mm. oh, the bad guy character. I kept keep Wesker? forgetting. Not Wesker. Um, oh, I keep forgetting Evelyn? The, the character Evelyn. I keep forgetting yeah. the the character's name. Paula mm. Nunez's character. Yeah, the the main uh, villainy villain. The main villainy villain uh, is also queer. Is a queer character. Um, yeah. I, I'm I'm not. Queer characters can be villains. That's fine. Sure. Uh, there's, there's yeah. no. I, I don't have an issue. Crazy with New that, Worlds but... is a great queer villain in its first season. Stri- oh, um, it does. The one. Uh, you talking about who, Captain Angel? The one who hijacks the Enterprise. Yeah, Captain Angel. Yeah. No, uh, I don't think the character is queer. Played, played by played by a, a trans actress. Yeah, I think. But, they're, uh, I think they're. Uh, I, th- I think it's a cis character. I don't think it, I, I thought it wasn't, but okay. Yeah, okay. I'd, I'd have to watch the episode again. Okay. Um, but yeah, b- excellent character. By I love Captain yeah. Angel, and and they're gonna bring her back. She's definitely oh yeah, back, yeah. I love she, she, she like flies off. It's like I'm gonna be back in your like, shows instantly. Like, yeah. One of my favorite Star Trek like, villains. So. Okay, you're so you're so good a villain. I don't want to see you a lot. Actually, I want to be like special when you come back. Um, but uh, yeah, the the fact that uh. There's a way to play this because she's the only queer character in oh, the show. Hold on, Captain Angel uh, does use they them pronouns. Oh no, kidding! Okay. And it is it is treated as totally casual, so they are okay. uh, at the very least gender non, fluid. Yeah, um, yeah, or non-binary. Not yeah. non-binary character. Yeah. There's a non-binary character in uh, Discovery as well. Yeah, uh, in that one played by a non-binary performer. Great. Uh, that, uh, but yeah. That, and by the Evelyn's... way, Jesse James Keitel, who plays mm. uh, Captain Angel, is also non-binary. Okay. In real life, yeah. Right. Um, Jesse James Keitel is like part of this uh, like elaborate drag troupe. Uh, like, cool. l- look up their um, uh, performances. Sometimes it's yeah. pretty great. But anyway, back, uh, back on track. Point being that uh, if if you're gonna have this w- only this one character because she's the only queer character and she's gonna be like sort of like this cackling villain, mm-hmm. it, it the optics aren't great. No, it's not. Uh, I remember seeing uh, during the pandemic when they released like some high end theatrical productions like on YouTube, uh, seeing a, v- a production of Twelfth Night, mm-hmm. where they gender flipped the character of Malvolio, the bad, the villain yeah. character. Uh, in the Trevor Nunn film, I was the Nigel Hawthorne character, right? And his arc is that he's tricked into believing that his uh, the woman he serves, like his mistress, is in love with him. Yeah. So he starts uh, dressing up mm. in a way that, like, he found in a, a love yeah. letter. He he starts basically and, uh, coming on to her, thinking that his and when, re- he will his his advances will be will well be received. Yeah. And, yeah. 
And uh, when they're not, he ends up getting like tied up and put, thrown in a dungeon, and they torture yeah. him and make fun of him just because he's a killjoy. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's they they treat Malvolio really badly it's, it's, in that, in that he, play. He gets worse uh, than he deserves, I think. Yeah, yeah. and, and he, at the end of the play, they put him on stage. He's all like filthy. He's like everybody's mean to me. Yeah, get out of here. They hit him a couple more times. Yeah, that's Just what really you get cruel. for. That's what you get for saying we have to go to bed at nine. Like what? <laughs> that's about as bad as he got I, yeah, in he's that just, play. He's just kind of an, he's uh, just kind of a jerk. He's not evil. He's just not great. When, when you yeah. when you gender flip just Malvolio and you yeah. turn her and turn him into Malvolio. Uh-huh. And she finds a love letter from her mistress, uh-huh. and she's the only queer character on stage, and starts mm-hmm. coming on to the on to her mistress. Mm. Oh, openly so, because Twelfth open- Night has some. Can, you know, there's a lot of queerness in Twelfth yeah, Night as is, yeah, but, but like, uh, yeah, but she would be the only openly like queer character. Only openly yeah. queer character. She flirts with a woman, is punished for it, and then is tortured incessantly. You have to be the careful. optics are really bad. You on have that. to be careful about. How you, and listen, th- you can absolutely have queer villains. It can be totally I, awesome, but you yeah. have to you have to you understand that when you pick your battles that carefully mm. and you only portray the queer people in the story as evil or if you want to look at Billy as coded because this speech certainly seems to imply it um it's not particularly great and either I'm guessing I, it's a matter of complete insensitivity I would, it, it wasn't I'm hoping you know, in, insidious I, I here's the thing though I if so many people make a make a show like this mm. th- hundreds if not thousands of people are involved in making of a show like this. And if no one pointed out when they were making this, when they're doing this speech, that referring to the T virus as T within the context of that particular paragraph Mm. makes that paragraph mean something else. Yeah. Either that says a lot about who you let onto your set or who you listened to on your set and who Uh. you didn't, or Someone slipped that in on purpose, which would be a horrible thing, uh, or I, at the very best, or at the very least, misguided. If you yeah. thought that was empowering, you you can't give that to the villain as a justification for their villainy. Yeah. That's not empowering, even in a villain way, yeah, because villains can be empowering, too. Villains can be well, a fun... Absolutely, absolutely they can't. Look yeah. at Dr. Frankenfurter. He, yeah. Functionally, he's the villain of the Rocky Horror Picture Show, and everybody loves him. He's the best yeah. character but in the Because he's, he's uh, living in open rebellion of, of yeah. conservative and, norms. And if those you queer can, you characters... You can wrap your head around that. You can those, appreciate yeah. that. If those queer characters were more rebellious and giving a lot of, like, uh, the middle finger to the status quo, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, this white, clinging universe was depicted as sort of the negative they were trying to destroy, all of that would have been great. Yeah. But it's not. It's sort of like this heteronormative world where the queer characters are villains and that yeah. that reads a little it's not so pervasive that it makes the whole show collapse and it's no. uh, kind of but it, it's in there it's in and, there and, and it's, it's really it, distasteful at best it, they didn't think it through at all yeah, and at worst someone slips some shit in and that's I, not I, great either way the optimist in me likes to think that it this was just the result of complete ignorance sure uh, and, and maybe you know, it was. An, an attempt to uh, include people which ended up being you know, distantly offensive. Yeah. Uh, again, I, I'm I'm not offended. I like I like that there's queer villains, but mm. they could have played it a lot better. Mm-hmm. No, I, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I I I I wouldn't d- say I'm offended, but I am weirded out. Yeah, that I, they just that, that this, this that, could be in there. And... That the, yeah, it's just it's it's really on the nose. So that doesn't really work for me. Anyway, it ends with uh, uh, Billy taking Jade's daughter away, and Jade. 
uh, shot and left for dead in the middle of nowhere. And in the past, uh, Jade and Billy, as teenagers, are being taken away by one of the Wesker clones to find Ada Wong. Mm. And that's basically the vibe. Oh, and wow, oh, and the very last thing is uh, there was a monster, kind of like Nemesis, but I'm not sure if that's who it's supposed to be, uh, breaking out of the rubble of the Umbrella Corporation, which exploded at the end, like that one scene in T2. Yeah. Um, anyway, that's the Resident Evil TV series. Um, reviews were mixed. Some fans were virulently against it. I, I saw some, I, I tried to look up like a few things just because I was kind of curious what some of the complaints were. Because uh-huh. uh, maybe there were like thing adaptational issues that I couldn't have been aware of because I didn't play Resident Evil Five or something like that. Um, I saw, someone was talking about how uh, the, I I didn't click on this, but there was a video that showed up on YouTube when I was just sort of glancing around. Uh, that was like Resident Evil has gone woke, and I'm like, <laughs> what? Nothing, other than other than casting Wesker, who's traditionally played by a white actor or as oh, a white yeah. video game character, other than casting Lance Reddick. Um, no. There, there's nothing woke about there's this show. Other than, a, other than there's like, like progressive politics. It's, or it's anything. got like people of color as some of the leads. Yeah, which also there are people of color who've led well, Resident the, Evil games, so that's not even like the, unusual. Well, the, let alone the, <laughs> let alone the fact that there's nothing wrong with it, and that's actually a good thing. But like, it's not even like atypical necessarily. But like, well, it's also it's also just there's nothing. It's actually like. It's not apolitical. We just talked about some issues that occurred, and it's obviously it's about Umbrella Corporation as an evil capitalist empire. But it's actually not especially forthright about any kind of themes no, or ethos. No, that, it's that's, actually that's, trying to be rather insipid. Exactly, <laughs> it aspires to insipidness. Yeah, uh, and that's yeah, that's a big issue with the show. Yeah. Uh, also. Where where was the issue when you're adapting this to an American feature film? Because they are Japanese games. Aren't they, all the, the, aren't no, all the characters the, aren't all Japanese. Oh, it's not set in Japan. Mm, I mean, some with, of them with might Japanese be, but characters? generally not. No, oh, okay. They're like they're they're characters with names like Leon. You know, like oh, there's okay. a, there's a lot of American blonde characters. Oh, okay. like, there might be more that I'm aware of. Like Ada Wong is not a white character, but like the, yeah. I don't know the the whole idea that if if you include anybody who's not a, a cis hat white male in your film, and, so yeah. somehow that's a political statement. Uh, hey, guess what? Uh, people who aren't cis hat white males exist. Yeah, and they are gonna be in movies. You actually have to try harder not to include people who aren't white. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. there are so many of them. That's the political statement. You're, you're focusing is leaving on, them yeah, out. Focusing on a black character. Yeah. Guess yeah. what? Guess guess what? A lot of media did for the better part of a century. Yeah. We, Good God. Anyway, anyway, it's nonsense. Um. So I I don't take any of that super mm-hmm. seriously. If there are, I would like to throw this out there because again, I've only played a few Resident Evil games. I haven't been keeping up in a long time. And obviously Whitney doesn't really play that. Uh, If there are very specific, not just differences, because differences are irrelevant. They're not, differences are neutral. They just, they made a change. Maybe it was a good idea. Maybe it was a bad idea. Are there any changes that this series made from the canon, from the text, from Mm -hmm. the characters that are legitimately a poor choice. Yeah, that, that are, that are a, a clearly for the silly step down, clearly step, yeah, clearly like, for the worst. T- took away something that was like legitimately interesting or creative, and yeah. changed it into something that is less interesting. Or I creative. would be very curious to know that. And I know we have a lot of gamers listening to our show, and I hope mm. you're not like coming out with like the torches ready to kill us because we either 
Because we weren't on your wavelength with this. Um, but uh, if you would like to write in and tell us... Yeah, I'd love to hear. I would really, like, really what, love to hear. Like, if, if, yeah, if there are... What, I'd love to hear what the games are about. I'd love to hear yeah. like what the overarching story is about Resident Evil that uh-huh. makes it an appealing ethos. Because yeah. the movies and the TV shows haven't explained that to me yet. I can appreciate that. And in particular, I would like it in relation to the Netflix series. Uh, do you think it worked? Do you think it didn't work? I'd be very curious someone who is a big fan of the series genuinely likes it who knows a lot of the the lore if you will and whose reactions hopefully is go beyond it's different ergo it's bad i would like if you have any nuanced opinions i'm very very curious you can email us our email address is letters at critically acclaimed.net we also have once again a p.o box if you prefer to write in 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 the snail mail fashion whitney what is our p.o box oh yeah send us an actual physical letter to the critically acclaimed network p.o box 641565 los angeles california 90064 yep and we might read your email and answer it on an upcoming episode of we've got mail so open invite even more than usual because we always end with an invitation to write us and talk to us about anything on our podcast or anything else you want to talk about uh, but in any case, that is it for the Resident Evil series. It was canceled. It actually had really good ratings for Netflix. Okay. It actually like did rather well, and then like and there were apparently a couple of days when it like initially came out when it was getting like better, more views than Stranger Things for a bit. I think it might have just been the backlash. They just didn't want to have any sort of negative publicity because a lot of Resident Evil fans were not happy about it. I don't know. Netflix makes baffling decisions. Netflix <laughs> will cancel shows that have great ratings and great reviews if they don't do what Netflix wants them to do, which is accumulate a ton of views in an incredibly brief amount yeah, of time. The, it's, um, if you'll excuse the analogy, it's the image comics of, uh, of, of video uh, shows. Okay. Streaming services. It's late. I'm running out of words. Okay. Uh, if you remember, uh, I, I collected comic books in the 1990s, yes. which uh, now, in retrospect, a lot of people have said was the worst possible time to be doing that. Uh, so that's in, in some cases, yes. In some cases, no. no. There, uh, and, there, and there was definitely very good and very bad things happening. There was. I mean, the, the industry was exploding, and there was this new gl- image comics was this brand new uh, brand that had just come out, and they were mm. taking a lot of the artists from uh, like Marvel mm. and DC and other uh, lines and giving them their own books, and the artists uh, would have rights to their characters. Yes. And they got to write their own characters. Yeah, because previously uh, these were artists whose art was driving the sales of the books. Yeah. People would buy a book because Jim Lee drew it or Todd McFarlane mm-hmm. drew it, and, and, and they were getting nothing. And they were getting they were getting screwed if their their characters. They would create characters for these comics, and Marvel would make a ton of money off of them. They and, still and Mar- they're making billions off of them now, yeah, and, and they Mar- see almost nothing. About and Marvel still still yeah. owns the rights to those characters. Yeah. They, so, the artists don't. And and Marvel and DC, and to a lesser extent, Dark Horse and a few other smaller publishers, were pretty much the only game in town. And they said, "Hey, listen, we have enough celebrity. Mm-hmm. We're like United Artists. We have enough celebrity. We can start our own studio." Yeah. And everyone gets to own their own stuff. And if they make a movie of it or t-shirts, whatever, it's all yours. You created it. So, it should be so yours. big, high-end artists ran right over there. They were Major happy to change. do it. Not all of them were good writers, but still. <laughs> a lot of them were really bad writers. Jim Lee, not a good writer. I love his art. Not a good writer. Um, yeah. 
when you get a like a really weird guy like Sam Keith and he does something like the yeah. Max, you get something great. Sam but, uh, Keith and Eric Larson, I think, had the best actual like yeah. from top to bottom comics. Like they don't not, not necessarily always all the art was the best, mm. but those were the, probably the best comics that came out of it. My point being is this was a time when a lot of comic book sales were driven by a lot of new characters yeah. that were being driven by new companies into the marketplace. Do they have and shoulder pads and pouches? You will sell a million copies. You're in and they would a lot of the older titles were being like restarted i remember they did that with uh batman at some yeah. point so oh yeah they like it's like we're, we're, his, we're on he... issue like 586 we're just gonna do go back to number one yeah continue the story but now it's number one yeah, again it's more and of a selling point the idea yeah. is all everything that drove forward was that, that number ones one. yeah the they first still do issue that. they do still do that they yeah. still do that constantly and then occasionally yeah, they'll I go th- back to the original like, numbering after a while yeah, but it's basically like, uh, just they're trying to encourage people to jump on because it's a little daunting to start like start on issue like, 600 oh, yeah. yeah like I, I get that i understand why that feels like a, that's a mental block you don't want to mm. do that but that's what uh, you have to do but uh I feel like something broke during the 1990s. Like, that's when it really started to launch in earnest. Uh, And uh, I feel like Netflix is doing the same thing. They're not going to get you with issue 600. They're not going to get you on, like, the eighth season of a hit show. Generally, there's make a few exceptions, but yes. They're going to do a number one. Yeah. This is issue number one of Mm -hmm. a new title, and uh, everybody's going to buy that one up, and we're going to cancel it right away, and then we're going to do number one of... Something else. Yeah, Cyber Force. You know, whatever else you got from Image Comics. It's a strange ana- uh, analogy that only somebody my age could make. But it kind of makes sense. But I, I think that's kind of what they're going for. They're they, going the, for the novelty. New, the new is better than yeah. the, the sustained hit. Yes, and that's the thing. So many networks relied on sustained hits. Mm-hmm. And networks still rely on sustained hits. Look at the biggest things that are on networks. It's stuff like Law & Order, CSI. Yeah, these things that have been on for Chicago- like tw- The Simpsons on its 35th year or something. There's like, and- there's like what's, the, what's that one franchise that's just, it's like... Chicago Fire Department, Chicago Cops, Chicago yeah. <laughs> Doctors, and they're all, it's all really big in Chicago, I guess. Weirdly, they're all set in Texas. I, maybe so, but like, regardless, it's it's the, the reliability of it, the familiarity of it, the longevity of it is useful. Yeah. In most studios, most studios rely on pre-existing franchises or long-running mm-hmm. Uh, 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 shows in order to guarantee longer success mm. rather than just constantly going for the new hotness. Yeah. It's future proofing in a way. Um, Netflix doesn't do that. And I'm never forgive them for canceling the babysitters club. That was a great show. <laughs> they've, they've canceled a lot. But that, that, that show had of... really good ratings, but mm. had good ratings over time. Yeah. And they just yeah. didn't want that. It was really good ratings, but not the ratings we want. And I'm like, fuck off. <laughs> it's my problem. Fuck you. So anyway, um, they canceled Resident Evil. If it had lasted, they would have gone to more of the video game stuff because they had that and because they would have had the, the freedom to sort of get there. I, I assume they would have kept the structure hmm. where we're following the teens as they met Ada well, Wong, obviously, yeah, otherwise I, you don't introduce her. Because then, uh, yeah. it was told in the sort of that two-part structure, I'm yeah. guessing both would have moved forward in time. Yeah. And uh, we would have seen, yeah, what... What happened from 2022 up until in yeah. that 16-year gap? Arrow had that structure as well, where okay. uh, the whole thing is uh, Oliver <clears throat> Queen was stranded on a deserted island, and that's where he learned to fend for himself and make a bow and arrow and yeah, use it I, so uh, brilliantly. And then every episode of the show was him, after he came back to the world, becoming a vigilante, and half of it was him surviving on the island. Okay, that's, that's kind of like uh, Batman Begins did that a little bit. A little bit, bit yeah. yeah. And then the next season was about, like, a new people came to the island and he had to fight them off. And then there was one season where he got off the island for a while, but then he had to come back to it. Then it started getting really ridiculous. 
But in any case, whatever, it's fucking Green Arrow. Of course, it's ridiculous. Say. It's called Green Arrow, for God's sake. But uh, it was just called Arrow. I, but anyway. I wouldn't want Green Arrow to, to not be ridiculous. Oh, um, yeah. But anyway, it's a structure that can work. That's my point. Yeah. Uh, I would have wanted to see all of the stuff uh, from the earlier time period, just like this, but it became too wild too quick and i understand mm-hmm. that's the appeal of resident evil as sort of a, a yeah of as ip yeah uh, you don't want to, you don't want to hold off on that for so long that uh, the people who want that are unhappy yeah or you could just say you know f it i have this better idea for this yeah we can use a lot of the iconography and terminology from the games yeah and we can introduce it in an intimate way because a, a haunt, I'm guessing a haunted house video game with a lot of zombies in it is going to have a lot of quiet moments where yes. monsters can jump out at you. It's going to yep. be in intimate locations. Resident Evil, it's like... Yeah, the first one in is, particular was a lot like that, yeah. 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 Don't, don't some of the games just take place in like a single house or some something? Do. Yeah. There, there's one of the more recent ones that's like just takes place in like this little creepy no. house. I, I haven't played that one. I hear that one's really good. I haven't played it. If you stay on a small scale, I think something like Resident Evil could work. But mm. they were too eager to get to kaiju zombie future i would have loved to have seen a resident evil with a budget of like 20 million dollars yeah max or if if you're gonna do the crazy kaiju universe you know okay the the 300 foot caterpillar bursts up out of the ground have her climb on its back and knock buildings into other monsters and and i will say this for the paul w sanderson movies as maddeningly ridiculous as they can be, and I get it, I get it. Like, some of them are a chore. to an unappealing degree. Some, some of them are a chore, but if you get, if you can actually get on their wavelength, their level of absurdity is really fun. All right, some of them are genuinely, they make no sense. Yeah, they're again, some are better than others, even on that level. But there's a lot of fun to be had because he gives no shits. He's just doing stuff he thinks is cool. There's a there's a something I've become increasingly convinced of. And again, there's no altruism to any of this. But I'm thinking as this is a guiding philosophy, it might not be a bad idea because yeah. so many people are concerned about, oh, did did this show give the fans what they wanted? Did She-Hulk gives the fans what they wanted by like holding off and showing Daredevil for so long or whatever? Um, I don't care anymore. <laughs> I don't. I well, want story to, uh, or, uh, Andor is another good example of this as well, where it's, it's a Star Wars. Star Wars it, show, it's a Star yeah. Wars show, but it's a Star Wars show that's very atypical of Star Wars in a lot of ways. Right. It's actually subtle and protracted, and I actually think you might like it. But, uh, uh, but uh, you don't have to watch it. It's I based on Rogue One, a movie I didn't like. No, so. I, me either. And I got to tell you, Andor is quite good actually. Oh, well, but in okay. any case, but it's, but it's good because it's not. It has no interest in fan service whatsoever. There's like two characters yeah, we've the, seen before, uh, and that's it. I remember when uh, fan service was, it was like a wink. It was a single yeah. little moment. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, John Favreau, who directed Iron Man, he's yeah. he's on record saying that little tease at the end where Nick yeah. Fury says, up, says, hey, I want you to be part of the Avengers. That was like, that was a wink. Yeah. That was meant to be, oh, I know what the Avengers are. Okay, fun. We're not going to get any more of these movies, but I'm yeah. glad they kind of hinted at it. These be a little unobtrusive. In Iron Man 2, there's a bit where I think Agent Coulson is standing in front of a map. Mm. And on the map, there's a few like key locations that S.H.I.E.L.D. is interested in. And one is clearly Wakanda. Yeah, one right. is in the middle of the ocean, and that's clearly Atlantis. Atlantis like, you know, so th- that's a good Easter egg. That's Something a good in the fan- background. Yeah, somebody, could, somebody might notice when that. When your entire movie is based on that, and I'm not saying that it can't work, because sometimes it absolutely well, can. I mean, those Marvel Godzilla, movies are big. But when yeah. Godzilla is fighting King Kong, that's what we want. That's I'm not <laughs> pretending it's not. But what I am saying is this. I think that storytellers should have the 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 confidence, the freedom, and the wherewithal, and the support 
to just tell the fucking story they want to tell. Yeah. And if people don't like it, they won't like it. And if people do like it, they will. And maybe they'll realize they were wrong later and they were so, too yeah, harsh yeah. on it and whatever. But I want people to be not to not be beholden mm-hmm. to the expectations of an audience which oftentimes are very mixed on what they want anyway. Well, I was going to say... They're not, uh, they're not a monolith. Not everyone going, wants the same things. Uh, and so uh, to that point, and, and yeah. I'm going to speak generally uh, here, is... When you ask a fan what they want, yeah. they want something they've seen already. They want mm. the same feeling or the, they got or again. Or something they uh, predicted, at least. Like yeah, saying, uh, this is clearly going here. That's what I want. Yeah, kind of so, yeah. Uh, and, and that's kind of an anathema to art, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, the creativity. If somebody wants to take a story and, you know, don't, mm. ma- don't make the next Star Wars. Make the new, the, your thing. A week before, like, not a week, but like, before anyone even saw the trailer to Star Wars... No one was asking for Star Wars. Yeah. Even yeah. if you wanted big sci-fi, you didn't know you wanted Star Wars. Star Wars didn't exist. Mm. I would rather but, be surprised. I'd rather give people an opportunity to surprise me, even within a pre-existing franchise. Yeah, exactly. You, uh, you know, are you going to do a Marvel movie, but you do it a very different way? Please no. do. I'm Knock a, yourself out. I'm like this close to watching She-Hulk Attorney at Law, because it, it, everything I've heard about it is like, oh wait, this is like a real comedy show? Yeah. Like they're actually... Like, it doesn't have anything to do with, like, the MCU at large, and it's not about the mythology. It, it, it does, but it's not important. It's like, yeah, it's like, well... Uh, well, it's just, like, references, and other characters yeah. come in, but yeah. it's not about that. Yeah, it's like, it's like uh, hey, remember Abomination from The Incredible Hulk 15 years ago? His parole's coming up. He needs a lawyer. That's yeah, it. Fun, cute story. That's a great right, story. Yeah. Let's do that. That's wonderful. I'm happy with it. Like, I, I really like She-Hulk a lot. Right. Um, but in any but, yeah, case, the, Resident I, Evil. The point yeah. is, yeah, you, you give me Resident Evil. I, surprise me with Resident Evil. Uh, make a really interesting story out of Resident Evil. Even yeah. if it doesn't resemble the game, mm-hmm. you can call it Resident Evil and still get a good audience. Uh, yeah. And so, yeah, maybe, I, I, maybe not concern yourself with what fans want. So no, much. just try to tell a good Peace story. Because here's the deal. If you're making this... Uh-huh. At least in theory, I hope this is true. You're probably a fan. Mm. Lord knows you shouldn't hate it. You definitely yeah. want to. You want to start with if you're going to make and if you're going to adapt something, you should probably at least like the thing you're adapting. Yeah. And if you like it, you probably like it for a reason, and you should interrogate that reason. And the thing that you like about it, you want to introduce other people to, and that should be the focus. Not everybody is going to agree on the exact same thing. For example, uh, I remember when the Amazing Spider-Man movies came out. They focused a lot less on Peter Parker as being raised by his aunt and uncle mm. and more on the fact that he was an orphan who didn't know his his birth parents. Yeah. That was more important to Mark Webb. I didn't care for that, but it was a take. It was a take, and you know, you that's, know? that's an element of Spider-Man. That was something that mattered it. to it's Mark fine, Webb. Yeah. He was very passionate about it. He spoke very eloquently about it in, in interviews. I don't think it worked because I wasn't interested in it. But that's because I was interested in it. I know other people who like that bit. Mm. Fair enough. There's a bunch of different inroads into a character or a story. Mm. So if this is the version that... And I can see how this version of Resident Evil kind of came about. You want to get to all the big, ridiculous, crazy stuff, but you also want to try to tell some kind of a grounded human story, mm. and they don't gel well. You can't, It's hard to put have them in the same scene. Mm. So you, they've found a way to put them in the same show while... And having them be connected without completely being cataclysmic to the tone. Yeah. Uh, was it successful? I'm actually very curious. At the end of the day, Whitney, mm. do you think Resident Evil was canceled too soon? Uh, no. Um, okay. I, I, because I know that they they were a little bit too hung up on sort of keep, keeping a lot of the, the tone and the mythology of the show alive to yeah. it, the show's detriment. Sure. Um, I feel like if, if they had focused on 
a certain kind of story they wanted to tell rather than tell two stories at once, yeah. uh, then I think it would have been a lot stronger. Yeah. Uh, if they had said something a little bit more solid or made the future look a little bit more interesting, that was a big problem. It yeah. looks really generic. That would have been better. Uh, that would have been kind of interesting. If yeah. the world in the future were unbelievably dramatically different from the one we saw at the beginning, mm-hmm. like we'd have, you know, have to start wondering how it got that way. Uh, Stuff like that is absent from this show, and it makes it not very interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's clear that they're not interested in going there and exploring those ideas. So, no, I, so no, it was not canceled. I'm with, I think I liked it a little bit more than you did. I think there's, there's uh, definitely like, like stuff I, said, I enjoy. I like the 2022 st- Most mm-hmm. of the 2022 stuff sure. is pretty good. I, uh, I, and I, I would yeah. prefer just watching that show. I know. I, I liked more of the future stuff, because okay. some of it is kind of fun, action-y, cool things. Again, I, there, there are bits that I liked about it. Um, and I, I had a decent enough time watching it, but yeah, one gets the impression that it's probably just going to be more of the same as it yeah. goes on. And if I wish there was more of a promise that they would break out in some way and do something more, uh, uh, more distinct. That's good. Yeah, just yeah. unique. Yeah, that that would be nice. So um, I'm I'm also I'm on the cusp of this one though, because the, more of the same doesn't sound that bad. But I'm also not sure it's really worth it considering clearly how much money they put in this yeah, thing. It's like, an expensive is show. this that worth that much effort? And I really don't think it is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna say this is also not canceled too soon, which is a, which is a, which is a pity because I get no objection to Resident Evil. I mm. enjoy some of those movies. I enjoy some of those games. The idea I, uh, of doing it as a show makes sense. There's tons of stuff in it. If if you're the type of person who likes to go to a theater with like a flask. <laughs> Yeah, that that's sort of like the mindset you have to be in when you're watching a Resident Evil movie, and on that yeah. level, it works fine. It's yeah. d- dandy for watching drunk and having a good time with friends. Sure, they're fair enough. Anyway, uh, that is it for Cancel Too Soon. Thank you everybody for listening. We'll be back next time with another installment of Scary Tober, where we're going to be talking about the short-lived TV version of I Know What You Did Last Summer, which I believe was on Amazon. Okay. Uh, so uh, stick around. We'll be reviewing that next. We're going to try to get to it as quick as possible because we want to do it in October. Uh, thank you, everybody, for listening. Once again, our email address is letters at criticallyacclaimed.net, and our P.O. box is. I'll say it again uh, crit- letters at criticallyacclaimed.net. Uh, Critically Acclaimed Network, P.O. Box 641565, Los Angeles, California, 90064. I'm quite tired. I know. <laughs> we're almost done. We're, yeah. we're, we're wrapping it up. Just real fast, don't forget, if you have insights into the into the adaptation of Resident Evil, stuff that they definitely did differently to the detriment, we want to hear it. Please write in. We'd love to hear from you. We're also on Twitter, at Critic Acclaim. We have a Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Critically Acclaimed Network, where you can listen to this episode and all of our future episodes ad-free, and you have a ton of exclusive shows there as well. We just did a commentary track for John Carpenter's Halloween, and we have uh, Whitney reading a spirited rendition of Edgar Allan Poe's The Telltale Heart for the (laughs) Halloween season, which is available for patrons only. So, thank you everybody for signing up. We wouldn't be here without you. You're the best, and that's a wrap. We will see you next season. (laughs) 